Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. This is a special, you could say, infomercial, if you want to, um, episode of the Planetary Status Report. This will also be on my friend and business partner's YouTube channel, the Quick Start Ham Radio channel. So go to YouTube, search for Quick Start Ham Radio, and there's a good chance maybe the algorithm will let you find his channel. And so we will be posting it there also. So just, to, although it's a bit absurd saying you'll be posting it there to somebody who can't hear it. But the point is, when you get past all that weird absurdity, this is the Planetary Stats Report. This is February 25th, 2022, in the age of Bo Blimp Talk. And this infomercial, if you want to call it that, is related to a startup I'm involved in with my friend and business partner, Justin. Um, it's a 50-50 thing. You know, I explained to him today that even though we had to divvy up, you know, C-suite titles, in reality, we're basically running it as, as co-leaders, that's what's going to happen. That it, that's what is happening. Um, technically, I'm the CEO. Wow, big deal. That just means that I have to go through all the weird, ridiculous political crap that you still have to go through. Hopefully, that's going away. But right now, in reality, me being the CEO and Justin being the CTO doesn't really mean much. We still have to get the job done. So that's kind of where we're at. You know, I think you'd agree. You know, oh, yeah, that's uh, it. There's work to be done. It doesn't matter who does it. It has to be done or this is nothing. And sometimes there's friction, but in reality, I think we work well together. So I'm going to read something. Um, and you can classify this as the corporate vision statement. I'll actually have a link to this. I will be posting a link to this um, This particular... Actually, there will simply be a link to it already. And I'm going to put this up there so that people who go to our corporate website radengineering.tech it's a .tech not .com not .edu not .org not .communist it's .tech radengineering.tech and you go there and the podcast will be available through that this was written today February the 25th 2022 the title is The Rad Manifesto radengineering.tech If it doesn't work, we don't give up, we try something else. Dr. Freckles, or someone he ripped off that said the same thing. Of course, I think someone did say that at some point. They must have. It's been a long time. Don't you think it's common sense, Justin, that you would say that like, Listen, it doesn't work. We got to stop. It's, it's kind of like the Einstein. It's like the corollary to the Einstein quote, you know, about um, how if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it doesn't work. You must be crazy. That's the sure, definition yeah. of insanity. I think that that's true, you know. But the the corollary to it is, if something doesn't work, don't give up. Just try something else. Something else might work. Just the fact that you fail, like that's one of the ways I've screwed up in life, like romantically and whatnot. I was never good at dating because I'd go on one date, it was crap, I'd feel like shit, and I wouldn't want to date again for six months. I wrote an essay after my divorce called 1,000 Dates or 20 Years, and I estimated that was what when I would likely, and, that, and, I, and the essay is out there on, on my um, blog if, you, if you're willing to dig into the archives, 
but it's called 1,000 Dates, I think. And I estimated in 2013, after my divorce, that um, it would take me about 20 years to find someone. So I figured, what? And I figured out the cost, and I, then I did the whole thing, well, versus, you know, the game theory thing you do with hookers. You know? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's really not very... And I also have some make-believe little... It's, it's a faux article. It's you know, gonzo journalism. I quote scientists in there that don't exist, so it's like... That's fair, though. Dr. Gravioli. Well, fuck, dude, the stuff that passes for news today, I feel like a pristine virgin. The, the shit lies they get told. Anyways, if it doesn't work, we don't give up, we try something else. I don't claim Dr. Freckles said that, but what I will say is this. This is one of the core values of what we're going to do at Rad Engineering. And, and can I interject myself here? Because isn't that essentially what we're doing? We're having to kind of go back. We're going back to a point where we did have control of technology to where we can wrangle in what our devices do, what they're allowed to do, what we want them to do. Yeah. You know, we're, we're having to go back. You know, we mess up a long, long, long time down the line. And we're having to go all the way back to that fork in the road to right this wrong. There's actually a concept. I don't know that it's very popular any longer. But there's a concept in anthropology. Um, I should say evolutionary biology called patamorphism. And the idea is sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. Mm -hmm. Like if you, have, if you evolve a feature, like let's say you're a dinosaur and you want to have one chance in hell of surviving... The coming great calamity, whatever the fuck it was that killed all the dinosaurs. If we, again, if you believe what you're told, and we all do, right? But yeah, the dinosaurs might have had to go backwards. That's why they talk about the whole bird thing. Like, yeah, could they, could they have ended up becoming birds? Sure. And, and in some ways, it might have been steps back. Step, not exactly backwards. It probably can never work like that. And it can't work like that for us. You're never going to get to go exactly backwards, but you can kind of go jagged edge to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and that also means, brothers and sisters, we've learned things since the beginning of the computer revolution. There are a lot of people who have information out there. There are still people with encyclopedias, still people with... We found the scientific encyclopedia. I think we paid 16 bucks for it. Mm -hmm. I believe if you'd bought it when they sold it in the 70s, in 70s dollars, you would have paid 100 bucks for it. At least. I think today you'd pay 500 bucks for it. It is this ultimate scientific technical encyclopedia. I'll explain it to you like this. You ask it a question, how does this work? Say you're working on a radio bit, and you don't know how a transformer works. And you look it up, and you are presented with more and better information than you can find on the first page of Google. Oh, yeah. So, so that's the thing. That's where we're at, and we're going to talk more about that as we go through. I'll get this out of the way as I read on here. The ideas presented below are not special or even original. I don't know. I don't think I'm a dummy, but I am certain many dummies don't think they are. I don't think I'm special. I'm just tired of the learned helplessness. I think we have a right to dream and do as we have a right to breathe. We support the right to repair at radengineering.tech. Everything we design, we document, software or hardware will be open. We can't control our suppliers, believe me, Justin and I will talk about that in a second, 
But what we can do is try to find suppliers who believe in human freedom and human dignity. We can do that. We can try to do that. And until then, we, we make do with what we have and we understand where the vulnerabilities are. And I'd like to stop there for a second because you have to agree. Right now, the homebrew kits, we're going to have to get radios from who we can get radios from. Yeah. That's just reality, folks. And if you don't like reality, then yeah, you can try to tune into a different channel. I've tried before. Takes a lot of bottles of whiskey to get there. Okay, it just it doesn't work. Can um, Can I tell you something that we do have going for us? And Dan, maybe you you know this, but you may not know that you know this. These these radio producers, Yesu, Icom, uh, every single radio that we work with, basically, uh, they build the technology into the radio that we need to do this. They don't activate it. They don't, they don't sell it to you. You have to crack the radio. You have to break into it. And you have to, one of two things, add a part or remove a part. But thank God that they have allowed a... They, somebody somewhere in the line is, is on our team, Dan. Or else they would have never have done this. To be FCC compliant, a powerful radio cannot work on 11 meters. It is illegal to sell that radio. Yeah. They were kind enough to build the feature into the radio disabled, and they allow the owner of the radio to do what they will with that technology. Yeah, pretty much. So, so I, first off, thank you to the fine folks out there in the radio world that do promote the open source, that are doing this. These manuals, I'm looking at a big pile of papers over here, Dan, it's a manual. It's the advanced manual for the Yesu FT891. I got to print it off for free from the Yesu website. So thank you. They are, to an extent, working on our side. And you know something? We kind of talked about this earlier, and it's a good time to interject this. And I don't like to beat this down because I'm not an evangelical Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and I'm a Christian that's struggling right now. A sister of mine asked me if I was going to do any more services recently, and I'll just tell all of you, I am thinking about it, but the problem is, the problem is, is what do I tell you? Because I don't want to scare you, but I also feel like people are being bamboozled, and I don't want, and, and frankly, that's not what this podcast is about, but people are being bamboozled, and it's harming people, and it's, and it's pretty bad, um... To the point the iPhone explodes in your hand if you're trying to fix it. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, we've talked about that whole, like, how they're going to enforce things. Like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, freaking John Deere, you know, tractor maker in the neo-Stalinist hellhole of America. And you don't have a right to fix anything on me anymore. And if you do, what happens? The thing is, I feel like they're going to get to the point where it will be like... If you try to do anything to your phone, it explodes or it melts or it just burns some acid into your palm. A I white mean, puff of smoke <laughs> lets out the magic pixies inside. It's absurd. It's so absurd, it's depressing. It's, I want to read on. As I read on, what you see is not the sole vision of rad engineering tech. Okay, rad engineering dot tech. Um, it is right now the tentative vision we have going forward. 
It is tentative, which means tomorrow Justin could say, eh, let's remove this, let's add this. It's not a fixed thing. It's a list of items in a very ambiguous form. And um, like I said, it might not be original and I kind of hope it isn't. And I hope there are people trying to solve these problems. Um, we have we we will try a lot of things and we could fail. We reserve the right to fail, like every human being reserves the right to fail. We're flawed people. Um, I'll try again. You know, you know. It's the one thing I would say when Justin was saying it looks like there might be someone looking out for us. I feel like God is looking out for us, and we are flawed people. And God is looking out for us. And this is, you know, what we want to do is allow people to have safety. You know, with the with the bulletin board concept, and again, if you're asking, will all this code be open source? It's all going to be written PHP, Python, MySQL, that's it. It's going to run basically Apache server as a user interface kind of delivery processor. It's just, it's going to run on your computer basically the way it runs on the web. And I kind of think that's a good way of doing things. And every chunk of that code, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be elegant. But guess what? It'll be open. So if you want to take it and open up a text editor and say, listen, I don't like that the PHP is doing this. Dan's a Grombo freak. You know what? I'm writing the code as quickly as I can. So the JavaScript ain't pretty. The PHP ain't pretty. But it is working. And as we find bugs, we fix them. Okay? I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but I just wanted to let you know we have dreams of things we want to do. But... We're gonna just. We're two people. We have zero money. We're on a zero dollar budget. We're literally working with salvaged parts and we're making it work. And we make progress every single day. Every single day we go to bed doing something that nobody else has ever done before with trash. Yeah. And with the support, the vision will. It's it's nothing but but a positive force in every single aspect of the universe. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this one more time because it deserves to be emphasized. Everything on the list of things we want to do, somebody might already be doing or might have been solved. And we're going to find out because I want to use all these technologies. So one of the things that's going to happen is, is any, you know... Whenever you start a research process, for any research process, the first step is, what are people talking about in this area? What is the state of the literature on this topic? There's nothing wrong. This is not a, you know, people will say science and engineering is an individual sport. No, no I mean, for some things, maybe. But in reality, it's a team sport. Yeah. And and you really do need to be a clever monkey and be willing to share how you use the stick to get the bugs out because you might be sick one day. Think about that. I mean, dogs are smart enough to do stuff like that where they realize, listen, that dog did me a favor. I've got to do the favor in return. But the point is, um, yeah, that's where I was going with that. That's a bit. If you want to call it a manifesto, you can call it a manifesto. It's our vision. It's where we want to go. We don't want to live in a world where people feel disabled, um, where they feel like they have no control, where they feel helpless. There's too much helplessness already. We need to get beyond that. Yeah. So the first project we're working on, 
and it is the first core project, is something we call the RAD Terminal. And right now, the RAD Terminal is a homebrew solution where the price ranges that Justin will do a build for, and he will, as of right now, if you're willing to put up the money, we don't have any cash forward money. Um, we can take a credit card, but you've got to pay us before we can start the work because we don't have any money to order anything right now. We wish we did. We wish we could strategically order because we think there's going to be shortages, but we don't have it right now. So we're going to do the best we can as far as suppliers. But the first project is the RAD Terminal. RADengineering.tech, number one first project, that's why the whole page is filled with it, is the RAD Terminal. And the homebrew version is going to be where we f match a radio. We'll find you a good radio. You know, Whatever's in your budget. What's in your budget for what you want to do. We will set you up with all the connectors you need to connect it to a computer if you already have one. Or we can supply you with a Raspberry Pi. In either case, we will give, also give you software. And the software... Go ahead. Well, let's 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 talk about the, the RAD terminal. The RAD terminal... You mean the one we're going to make... Is the computer... And the radio. It is. And part of the difficulty, part of the, the gatekeeping aspect of this is is the, you have to know a little bit about this. You have to know a little bit about this. You have to be willing to mess up and redo this. And it, it keeps everybody out. What we're doing is we're removing all the obstacles. So the RAD terminal itself, the value is the fact that it's set up ready to go yeah. for free for maybe you have the equipment at home for free i will more than happily walk you through help you get whatever cables you need built if you already have a radio and a laptop computer we can get you on the same network that we're talking about and, for and, the rad and terminal even though we can't deliver the ruggedized rad terminal yet we can help you find ways to ruggedize your situation so that Listen, you have your own laptop. We'll help you with the issue of what if you need to take this outdoors? What are you going to do? What's the standard? We will help you with all that. The point is, our goal, though, in the first year with RAD Terminal is to build up a, a complete kit. The computer, the transceiver, all the software you need. Really, e as easy as to navigate software as we can design. And Imagine the, the Vietnam-style radios uh the backpack mounted yeah. i don't even think they'll be that big dan they're going to be no. a little smaller yeah but they'll have the antenna system the self-contained battery and and imagine i guess a pelican case would be the equivalent to an injection molded plastic case that could fall off the back of a moving truck yeah as long as that case is closed these these components are are so i'm not going to say simple but it's it's not some. There's not a lot to break. No. So and, and we're gonna do what we can. I mean, here's the deal. We, you know, we're gonna talk about this all all through this conversation. You're gonna hear us repeat: right to repair. We will design the rad terminal to be so modular that if you have a if we have a component system that we think will go through upgrades quickly, then let's put it into a zone. And let's isolate it. And let's make it easy to work with. Accessible. And, with yeah. human-sized hands. And let's do what we can not to do what's called, you know, the enforced, like, you know, execution, you know, ungrandfathering, whatever, sunsetting, whatever. We're, we're not going to, like, say, oh, CBs are over, so we don't support CBs. We, we want to support every frequency, every wavelength, the whole thing, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, 
the whole bandwidth. We, we, that's what we want to do. Um, and and so if you if you want to be able to fix a radio or fix a computer, where we want to go might even be. Well, I'm going to talk about it here in a bit, but it's going to be beyond just just the rad terminal. Yeah, we want to go some cool. Well, places. keep reading. It's yeah. it's next on the list. So rad truck. The rad truck is similar to the rad terminal concept, but taken to the level of can we package in a simple, efficient, high mileage, all terrain vehicle? Might be a little truck, might be a little jeep. The key is it's got to be. It's got to get mileage, whether it's running on batteries or gasoline, it's got to be able to go a ways. And at the same time, it's got to have the power to power a little communications node that will be capable of directional antenna work, network directional antenna work, which means, as Justin would point out, you know, in a second, uh, detection, detection yeah, of yeah. jerk it. You well, know, uh, uh, p- policing the airwaves, you know, because... Voluntary policing. Volu- yeah, yeah. Not, well, not identifying in prison. When somebody interferes with... Hey, you with, know what? With, that with, happens. Google does that all the time. They, they do these satellite pictures all the time. They show you people's houses all the fucking time. Yeah. If someone has a rusty-ass truck in the backyard of their fucking house... Google Maps will have a picture of it all the fucking time. So you know what? I would classify this as the following. Um, You're on the radio. That's a public space. It really is um, what would be called the commons. And in that sense, you got to kind of practice a sort of respect. It's like the non-aggression principle. You can't go out in public and and wave your ding Audio. Audio. Yeah. We've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So... It is a it is a public shame and humiliation tool, you know. Yeah. Or and if and if it's harming productive radio traffic, people people whose businesses and lives it is affecting can can take accountability and and seek restitution after yeah. that. I mean, and, this and is, can I add one other thing really quick? With the testing we've done so far with the JSA call and the JSA protocol. Very unobtrusive. It is, and it seems to be very resilient with respect to noise. Yeah. Well, so, let me put it this way: uh, on you, you dial in the same frequency. Uh, let's call it twenty-seven one eight five. You can speak on. Two people can be having a conversation, and two people can be having a digital uh, transaction on the same frequency at the same time. And neither party is affected by the other. Yeah. So they literally coexist in the same world. 100 data transmissions can be taking place in the space of one voice conversation. And so really the bandwidth restriction is more about just how much information you can pump through AM, CB, or even FM, Yes, CB. how many little beeps yeah. can your radio make? Yeah. How but, many beeps can your radio understand? And, and be distinguished from noise. Yeah, be, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so this is the thing. As we evolve with the rad terminal, I just want to, you know, we're talking about the rad truck, but this applies to both. We're going to support frequencies so that we get to our goal within two years is to get to, and I know people say, oh my God, this is lame, but we want to be able to sell a rad terminal that you can take to the middle of nowhere and get 56K. Yeah. 56K. And I know, oh God, Dan, that's like 1996. Well, Think about it, though. You're in the middle of nowhere. You might even be in a country where they control the internet. They fuck with you. There's no freedom. Well, dude, talk decentralized. 
And again, you should think in terms of donations because before I go too much further, you say, how are you guys going to make money? Well, we're going to sell products. We're going to sell services. And you know what? Because we're going to be transparent and people will see what we're doing, we're going to allow donations because we're going to be doing as a part of what we do scientific research. We will. I'm not claiming to be the world's scientific genius. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find people in fields we want to sponsor and we're going to figure out ways um, not necessarily to make money directly, but to say, listen, if you want us to solve this problem, we'll do it and you're going to see a PDF on it and you'll, and you'll find out everything we know, but we need your donation. So we're going to make money selling things, real things like the RAD terminal. We're going to make money with services, which I think the RAD truck will fall somewhere in between. Um, and, and the point is, people will say, I want this device because I do live in a country that's oppressive. And, and falling yeah. apart, the yeah. infrastructure, how long can our infrastructure survive this steady yeah. degradation? It's going to get worse. There will be blackouts. This I is, mean, in simple software architecture terms, because it is this simple. Like if you follow the breadcrumb I'm going to give you, if you know I'm going to be using LAMP architecture, if you know I'm using a basic kind of relational database, if you know that you know there's a Python script I've already posted about to do the inter-process communication with the JS8 software, um, and if I tell you that this is going to be a simple store and forward messaging system, which means that let's say I am one, uh, you know, planetary status reports, PSR notes location. Let's say I'm one notes location in our system, and Justin is another notes location, Rad Terminal. I'm one rad terminal using notes. He's another rad terminal using the software notes. That's what I meant to say. I will send a message to him because I know I can talk to him. Or And the thing is, I don't even have to say I know. In some ways, radio is a lot like a protocol called UDP. Fire and forget. You don't really get confirmation. It's not built into it. Radio, they hear you, they don't hear you. You can add it, you can, you can create it, but you don't, it's not built into it in any way. So you basically, um, yeah, I would basically send a message to him, but I might send it with a relay command saying relay to this person. And then that message would keep going. And then, you know what? You do build a receipt of message relay back. So, so store and forward means I would post a message to you. You would post it because the directive says keep sending it until it gets there. And then basically you get a bunch of messages back. And truly, it doesn't matter if there's duplication. If you get lot, if you get a flood through the tree coming back, you still get a response back. It's going to be simple, store, and forward. And guess what? If I'm just talking to you, then it's going nowhere but you. And it will get stored in the notes application just like a note. Now, of course, we're dealing with small bandwidth with the CB stuff we're doing right now, homebrew. So you got to think like 10 minutes might be 100 characters, might be 200 characters. You might do a tweet every 10 minutes. But honestly, if you're talking about tweeting for 1600 bucks, we could build you an awesome system where you could be tweeting in the middle of nowhere. We're not going to be able to make delivery for another 30 days. So guess what? You have time. But if you want to be the first in the queue and help us out, we could use the money because frankly, we're not building a system until we get the money. We need the money to build the system. We are we are a startup and we're cash strapped and you know, 
we're not communists. We want to make money. We, you know, we like money. It's just the problem is money is becoming worthless over time. We don't know what's going to happen there. And the other problem is a lot of people at our level don't have any. So I've told, I said this before, and I'll we're, say we're better off than a lot of our. Oh my god! In terms of planet, we're better off, dude. Yeah. We're just way better off. We know people in very difficult situations in America. You know, it's just these are hard times. No joke. You know, I joked about it earlier, and um, I'll joke about it again because I joked about it on YouTube. But my dad grew grew up during the Great Depression, and I'm living through this. I'm thinking, yep, we bookended it. We did. We bookended it. You know, one side, the other. So just to finish off the rad truck, the rad truck will be designed, and it, I think there'll be price levels, and I think there'll be efficiency models. What is that movie, the 1980s movie, maybe it had John Candy in it, and they were driving the suburb, or the Winnebago around Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. The stripes. Stripes, yeah. That's Bill Murray, yeah. Yeah, Stripes. I think there will be a version about like that, just as sophisticated, uh, multi-banded, like all sorts of. There might be weapons computers. attachments. <laughs> Maybe. There might be weapons attachments, but we're not selling weapons. Okay, <laughs> not yet. We're gonna. I de- I don't think I added that to the list, but we we do think we're gonna work on a rail gun. Um, Why not? Because I think that listen, I'm of the belief that they're gonna like try to attack you from every angle. Take it up a notch, and the rail gun would take it up a notch. It's a hard technical problem. It's not easy, but if you figure it out, you have the possibility of firing a projectile the size of a nine millimeter, potentially at you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand feet per second. Wow. Yeah, and distances equivalent to those, like maybe over like ten or fifteen miles. I still like the idea of the one-inch ball bearing, though. With a, with a, and when I say flat trajectory, like a really flat trajectory, and that's why you have to do you have to solve a lot of problems. You have to have a projectile that doesn't immediately incinerate, you know, because at those speeds, dude, Jeez. a BB is gonna like glow red hot. <laughs> Look what happens to a meteor. Yeah, we're talking about meteor speeds, so. But yeah, I think we should work on a rail gun because if we can solve certain problems, maybe it won't. We'll say, oh, Dan, you know, 5,000 feet per second that you can just pull off your shoulder and fire over the horizon that has a better range than a bear at 50 cal and higher velocity, maybe three times the velocity or something or whatever. If someone says to you whatever, like, say, you know, that's good enough, you know, a little Sabo round nine millimeter, I would say that's plenty good. And I know there are people, oh my God, he's talking about guns. No, I'm, well, I'm talking about rail guns. Rail guns use electromagnetic force to push a projectile faster and faster and faster. And it also means that in theory, like in a vacuum, like if you're in outer space, in theory, you could accelerate a projectile to you know percentages of the speed of light. We have to figure out how to utilize the vacuum side of the wave, the push and the pull. Yeah. I... I the harmonic thing we were talking about. Harmonics, we're going to talk about that in a couple contexts because we're really talking about something that's really cool and it's why when we get the money and you'll find out as we read through this, you know, this podcast might go for a couple hours. You know what? I don't care. Um, we are going to have to solve problems involving what's called magnetic field engineering. And what that means simply is this. Using magnetic fields to control systems like 
For example, using magnetic fields to control the flow of water, using magnetic fields to control the flow of air, to control condensation. In, in the cases we'll go into later, we're going to use magnetic field engineering for other things, but I think we're going to... The, the field of engineers who I think ha exist and might be jobless, so maybe we'll get them cheap. <laughs> I think what we need is basically, and this is what I'll say very quickly. I think we're going to need to mine the knowledge set of potential applicants in physics and engineering that specialize in plasmas and, and controlling plasmas, like people who've done fusion engineering research, and I'll explain why. You'll find out later why, because I'm generally of the belief that the problems involved in controlling a plasma are probably very similar to the problems involved in controlling a vacuum in an isolated system. And we'll talk about that later, but I think there's similar problems. And because there's similar problems, a solution in one area might be a perfect solution in another. So yeah, we're going to, we want to do some pretty advanced shit. Um, next topic. Uh, we want a local source components. Okay. I did this, I did a version of this video podcast today, three or four times. So my brain is having the deja vu that actually happened. But yeah, here's the deal. It sounds impossible, but we want to go out there and, um, say fuck globalism basically. And, yeah. and, and for non CPU components, resistors, capacitors. Yeah. Fuck globalism. You name it, um, you know, every piece of that thing, diodes, transistors. Everything possible. And what's not possible, maybe, is this another step yeah, in the plan? Yeah, this is the next one up. Okay. The next step up, similar to it in parallel, because we're going to do this at the same time. Make it happen. Like At the same time. Let's get these components made locally. I mean, and yeah. when we say locally, right now, I want Western United States. Yeah. You know, this side of the Rockies. So here's you target know? one. Do you want to hear target one? And this is well, we, yeah, I, okay, go, okay, ahead, go okay. ahead. No, 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 you're right, though. We have to, when we say local, though, we basically mean within about 2,000 two, 2, miles. miles. Yes, okay. I mean, we baby steps, Dan. But, but we're going to get is, there. We have goals. It's not Let's about, talk about our goals. and this ain't about buy American or racism. This is about trying to survive. Well, you know what it's also about? It's also about the fact that you can keep. A company honest when they work when they're in your backyard. A company in your backyard is not going to pollute the river in your yeah, backyard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. A lot of what's happened with the whole globalism, neo-Stalinism crap is we haven't actually solved any problems. We simply outsourced the Deferred, problems. like kicked them down the road, like, made it China's oh, problem. Oh, we're recycling electronics. And then you find out that where it's going, they're just dumping it someplace. And kids are being poisoned by it. You know, yeah, but they get the gold, Dan. They get to keep the oh gold. Oh, my God. The gold from the tumors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here's the deal. We want to do something kind of impossible. And we, and we can't do it alone. This is literally going to be one of those projects where... We as a rad, we as rad tech, we want to take leadership, but we cannot do it alone. I like you said, Dan. We've made this podcast three or four times, and I've said it three or four times. So here it comes. We want to build the platform to launch a free society off of. Yeah, this is the infrastructure. A tele a telecom company that is freedom centric. I mean, well, how, how it, and. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of projects for us. We, were talking, we can't do it all. You know, it's good that we stay on this for a second. We were talking 
the other day about once we have the version one of the homebrew ready with the app with the notes software working that you could use notes software on a rad terminal and by the way the rad terminal is going to be a regular linux computer so we're going to we're going to pre-install cool software but you're going to be able to install your own software depending on the flavor at first there might be just one flavor of linux that we can support and i'll be honest with you we don't control the JS8 software, so that's a limitation. One of the first projects we want to do that's not on the list here is we're going to want to hire a C++ programmer and basically say, listen, we need to take ownership of this, and here's what I want to do. I want to turn all of this into Python libraries, libraries people can use from Python, Python 3 for everything. We turn the, the basic core behaviors of JS8 and the Python, you spin up a little Python, Python background process. You don't really have to fill in all the pieces. You need an API to fill in all the pieces. So we make the API work correctly. And I think we just make it Q-based. That's the simplest thing to do with this fucker is just make it Q-based. Have it do one fucking thing at a time for now. <laughs> if it's running locally with your radio, have it do one fucking thing at a time. It's not that big a deal. If you're using CB, you're not going to notice because we're not going to be able to push messages that fast. So anyways, um, I, I don't know if I went off on tangent there, but um, I kind of did. I think I kind of did. But yeah, um, it's going to be pretty cool. Oh yeah, we were talking about pizza. The version we're getting ready to build. Justin and I were talking about how you could conduct a set of transactions using the RAD terminal to order pizza from Pizza Hut. And then Justin said, well, how would you do verification? And I thought, you know what? I hate voice recognition software, but you could have a separate channel or even the same channel because they could, they could be happening on top of each yeah, other. Yeah. And you basically say, okay, switch the voice really quick. And, and repeat the phrase we just sent to you, voice verification. Yeah, you'd probably have to get your voice verification on file by going in and getting it recorded. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be steps involved. But you could order a pizza and deliver it using the CB radio and the computer setup and notes, the homebrew RAD terminal. Or in a year, the complete RAD terminal, you could order a pizza. Yep. I was going to add something to that, Dan, but uh, Sorry, I, guess you, I, got, I guess you covered it. You we've got it we've had there. to do this a couple times today. We're both a bit rattled. It's as if the demons of technology, or I should say the demons of lame technology, it's kind of like, okay, you know my friend Mike? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with this tangent. And Mike would appreciate it. And when I say Mike, if you ever if you listen to my podcast, his, his pseudonym, his nom de guerre... His nom de plume is Seattle Mike, and that's all I'm going to say. But Seattle Mike and I were talking one time, and we were talking about technologies like computers, like rockets, like the fucking jet airplanes we fly on. And even though there have been these pseudo-incremental improvements, it's still the same candle. It's not yeah. the light bulb. I mean, everyone keeps talking about, like when I saw Jetsons growing up, you know, I'd say, okay, there's some real light bulbs ready to happen. This isn't a jet. This is using anti-gravity or like, you know, when you saw Star Wars and those cars that floated off the ground or whatever. The point is, 
You were given this version of the future that didn't really happen. No, we never even went that way. Never tried. And I would argue in part because of all the stuff where they say, well, we're trying to protect intellectual, intellectual property. We're trying to make sure that people... You Keep know, my secret the most secret. But really, intellectual property law is another broken Windows jobs oh, program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. A giant one. It is a complete set of waste. There's no reason for it. It doesn't do what people think it does. And ultimately, like, I take donations for my podcast. Could I do a whole, you can't use my podcast unless you obey? You know what? I put those MP3s up there. If you wanted to slice and dice me into saying, I want to kill the blah, 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 you probably could. I won't say it. But you could probably say, I want to kill the blah, blah, blah. And just paste it in there. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> Somebody just photoshopped his voice and fuck. Whatever they put. Someone just audacity his voice. Oh, you know, I want to kill the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fuck. Dude. Here's the deal. With a stored forward network like this, before we go on to the next thing, because we kind of been bouncing around this, but before we go on to the next thing, with a stored forward network with notes, because we're going to design it that, to actually support what I would call a simplified, a simplified message object where you can actually do remote procedure calls, where one system could set, could send a simple declarative command to another system. So no, we're not gonna build some fancy complicated language, but we are gonna do these things we call command tags, which is basically just that arrow, the greater than arrow tag, you know, and, and some command colon and some one or more arguments if needed. And we're gonna use those as ways to do things. So the user interface is gonna be very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll need to know how to type the word send and shit like that. And if, you're, if it sounds like I'm being condescending, I'm just saying, you're going to have to be able to do some basic things. But in the notes window, that's where you'll also put these tags. And these tags will actually do things like send to call sign whiskey zebra alpha bravo bravo, you know, niner. Email CEO at... Exactly. Send email. We're going to have commands for sending email. And, and listen, this is all we can tell you. It's a fire and forget network, which means that you might wait till forever to get a confirmation. The goal would be to con get it. There are two goals. The goal is for it to work. But, it, what, but what is even better is for it to work and for you to get notified that it worked. We want to do both. We want to build a system that is stored forward, but with receipt. So basically, once somebody confirms they got it... It's called acknowledge. Acknowledge. Exactly. And the idea is you could have 100 of these nodes in your network. And, you know, the bottom line is you're in control of sending out the message. So the message itself will propagate and then just die out. Like every queue will say, oh, this old message, this is gone, I'm done. So basically, you're not like going to permanently ping people or like... <laughs> You know, you're not you're not in a situation where you're gonna be like bouncing around the moon until it comes back around. You're not gonna be audio. Uh, you won't be doing stuff like that. You're actually just gonna be having efficient messaging over this network, and then nodes in the network will take the message, store it in a database, and then transmit when they're able. Think about it like a pulse or a wave, uh, maybe a, a shock wave coming out of the center. Mm -hmm. It's it's never going to. Echo, it doesn't or echo actually, or you ever see those around. pictures of neurons firing? 
Yeah, okay. And yeah, think yeah, of yeah, it yeah. like neurons firing. That's the best it will do. It will and, do, yeah. And if there's no acknowledgement, then send again. And that's... That and God, can... doesn't that doesn't your brain sometimes do that to you anyways? Like, ah, <laughs> oh, didn't tell me I didn't know what I didn't know. Well, whatever. But no, the point is, it, it's going to have... So, before I continue, because we do want to keep going here, but we are enjoying this. I beat up on crypto people, and Ju- and Justin and I both agree that we have questions about a lot of the crypto stuff. And I've done my due diligence, so if you think I'm some asshole who's just, oh, he hates crypto... No, I'm not hating the player. I'm not hating the game. I just don't want to play the game. But here's the deal. If you wanted a truly decentralized, a completely technologically decentralized network, one that we can build today, a lot of people are promising something tomorrow, okay? That's great, but people don't have the fucking money for it. And if all you're really promising is a bunch of rich people wiring Wi-Fi routers together... You know, guys, get real. A lot of people, a lot of people in a lot of countries cannot afford the technology that you take for granted. And frankly, very soon, a lot of you motherfuckers won't be able to afford it either. I don't want to break your heart, but some rude awakenings are about to happen. Um, so what we're trying to do is practical. You know, CB radios. We went to okay. We went to this used place, yeah, a at, secondhand store. They probably hit up estate sales and. And we could have probably come out of there with four CB radios, a Mongo amazing receiver system. Oh, the receiver. Okay. You know what? I forgot about the receiver. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. That tool in this system, just a receiver, it will... It's data mining. It's data mining. It's data mining. The information may not be for you. It may not be directed to you. It may not be pertaining to you, but it's... But you'll hear you can it. harvest now. It. Here's the deal: if someone encrypts it, you're still going to receive yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get it. Yeah. So, well, no, you'll see it. You'll, it just won't well, mean you'll it. get it, but you don't. It won't get mean it. anything. You won't, it exactly. Won't, yeah. Exactly. So, but there's going to you'll be able to sit in on a chess game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you'd be able to do that for sure. Oh, dude, not yeah. just sit on a chess game, but because we're going to build software, and because this is going to be basically the application's going to run on your computer the way it runs on the web, which means you're going to be running Apache web server on your on your Raspberry Pi. Don't worry. The footprint isn't that big. And so all of it will be web programming, but it will be web programming running on your computer. And so we're going to have little JavaScript games almost immediately where you actually read that stream. And you can, yeah, you see the chess, you see the players. We're, you know what we might do? We might do crowd chess where it's like votes, the number of received votes. See, there's so many things we can do with this. Oh, that would be wild. I mean, if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, Dan, how can I invest? Go to radengineering.tech. That is radengineering.tech because, believe it or not, for not a lot of money, because we can use the money and that's part of it, you know, the whole feast or famine thing. Um, we don't have venture capitalists for reasons that should be obvious knocking on our door. Because frankly, we're not selling a grift. That's the problem. You know, people, That's the problem, Dan. There's something called technology capture. And um, we should, you know, this is a good conversation. So we should go with it before we continue the list. But technology capture is where you find yourself using a tool... And you become so dependent, you can't switch tools. It's like you're done. You'll never escape. There's a system called SAP. And it's a system that does ERP, which is Enterprise Resource Planning. 
And it's this all-inclusive software where every part of the business is using the same software. Pretty much even down to email and shit. Yeah, we used it at the mine. Yeah. As a miner, I would order a part for a vehicle on it. Yeah. As an accountant, they would do their books on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, though, you get in there, you can't get out. It's like basically it's a roach motel. Um, even if there's a better solution out there for you, and even if it would end millions up... Millions and millions of dollars. And it might even be cheaper, though, like in terms of the cost. Like sometimes these systems become very expensive because they become too complex. 100x, right? Like oh. a $1 box of stables turns oh into God. $100. It was, it's ridiculous. The point is it's ridiculous. Yeah. So the so what I would say is, um, yeah, it's it's completely ridiculous. It is so absurd. We're not doing technology capture. Every line of code is going to be Python, PHP, HTML, JavaScript, and if it is something compiled, we're going to actually have the compiler on the system, and you're going to be able to compile. You'll be able to build the system from scratch. And you'll be able to edit every line of code and you won't be captured. And here's the final thing I'll say. Because we think we can do financial transactions, even on CV, especially if we... Secure financial transactions. Yeah, especially if we start working with with FM possibilities. And I think that's a six or nine months away thing. We want to put together a team at some point. We need investors. But... um. Yeah, we think we can do things that would allow for secure encrypted financial transactions on a storm forward network that with a little bit of effort, because I've read the Satoshi paper, I actually wrote a paper myself, I've done my due diligence with respect to the blockchain, and I think if there's someone out there in the crypto world who's saying to themselves, how can I really make this decentralized, private, and secure, listen... I don't know what anyone else is doing. I'm telling you that within a week or so, we're going to have a couple nodes in our network. And within a month, we're going to have 10 nodes. And I think within six months, we're going to have 1,000. And then after six months, holy crap, I don't know how big that number gets because we're not controlling the technology. Everything we learn to do, we're going to teach. Yeah, we're going to put together a rad terminal. And it's going to have our flavor. And we'll have... We, it we will, will be have, our brand. We will have built it. We will include a video of us testing it. Every rad terminal will have a little fucking memory card of the video of us testing it. I'm serious. Like, we're going to do that shit because people care about that shit. It's going to be special. We will have built it. But we're not going to build you something you can't fix. We And we can't build every single one. No. They're going to need a lot of these in a lot of places. This technology, oh, damn, oh. So actually, I can imagine us even doing franchise shit. Oh, where we basically say, listen. stolen, ripped you know, off, I don't There care. are a lot of people who design computers out there. There are a lot of people who design technology, who work with 3D printers. You said it. We're not special, Dan. Yeah. You can build this. I'm talking to you right now. You can build it today. We'll, we'll give you the software. I mean, nobody else has and done that. And if you're a crypto baron and you want to set up a truly secure and private financial network using the blockchain potentially if it solves the problem or building something better than the blockchain if it solves the problem better because listen that's what you need to do if something doesn't work um if you want to actually have the potential the truly decentralized system that depends upon you know when people say mr 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 and mrs blockchain what happens when the power goes out what what can we say um it'll take me about 30 minutes to be up and running yeah what, what do you need me to send out? 
The system will be have a queue built into it. So messages won't just go to waste. Once the CB system's up and working, once you're tuned in, once you've got a good store and forward optimal path. And listen, we'll use algorithms to optimize paths. At first, it is going to be fire and forget, which means total activation flow. But at some point, we're going to have algorithms that tell us, listen, going from here, from here to your call sign to that other guy's call sign is going to get to this person best at this point in time. Using FT8 yeah. with the data mining that we're oh, yeah. doing, this is what, yeah, this is, it, the, this stuff is so badass, you guys, you have no idea. These yeah. tools are so powerful. And, and if you're in the ham world, you already know about these, you already use them. Uh, FT8 is no secret. Google it. JS8 call is no secret. Google it. But if you're not in the ham world, you're not going to have a clue what they're talking about. And, and, and That's you know our what? solution. We'll hand yeah. you this package. So I honestly think if you believe in crypto and the blockchain and you have the money, because honestly we do need funding, you should work with us because I think there's a way for us to create a network very rapidly for people doing a lot of interesting kinds of transactions in a completely voluntary counter-economics kind of way. And there's, I mean, other than jamming, and frankly, because this is a really efficient way to communicate, it's hard. Nimble. It's nimble it's and very efficient. Nimble. And, and small messages, it's quick enough they can you know how they, respond. Okay, you know how they say, you know, a witch can dance between the raindrops or something uh, like that? A mosquito. Or, well, whatever. Oh, point, whatever, sure. You know, whatever fancy <laughs> thing exists. But the point is, this is like being able to dance between the raindrops. This digital mode for CB is so good that you can have a lot of bad signals and noise and still get the message through. True. If they drop a over-the-horizon radar signal on top of you, it's not going to work. Yeah. But if if you have our optimized system that we're currently building, right now yeah. we're building this system, Yeah. you have the capability to change And we're sending it out in chunks, which means that even though we're going to have what I would call check some behavior, you're still going to have the ability to get partial messages. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And so that even if one message gets garbled or screwed up, we're not sending it all at once. We're sending it in very short bursts. So it, I think the odds are, even in a bad situation, a lot of the message will get through and will indicate lines that are missing. So it's like, you'll see there's stuff missing. It won't be like, holy shit. He just told me to throw the cat in the oven. You know, no, 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 no. The food for the cat is in the oven, but you didn't get the right lines, right? I don't know. But you get my point, right, Justin? Yeah. Like, right now where we're at, we can't guarantee that the mess, the whole message will get through because we're not going to use JS8 as like a JS8 message is our message. Our message is like a meta layer of encoding. We're going to send it in slices. And another reason we're sending it in slices, and I'm glad we're stopping on this for a bit, Another reason we're sending it in slices is because we don't want to fry the fucking radios. Yeah, yeah. We don't. It's all about a duty cycle. It's just, it's a physical limitation of a machine that can only work so hard. Until we start building our own and controlling yeah. these aspects of the radio, where we have a uh, rotating system, that's a simple, simple solution. No advancement in technology. You simply just add more transistors yeah. that, that work in a cycle. And, and Justin Justin brought this up like he had this idea. He said he basically described for the components that have thermal issues a kind of Gatling gun 
transmission cycle so that no one barrel overheats. You know, you, you're basically, you have more than one barrel. It's like a Gatling gun radio in a way. Um, and, and it makes sense because we're going to want to be able to consistently send out these digital messages. And, and that would be in more of a, a commercial duty radio that will be doing a lot of transmission. There will be stations out there. Like this, uh, uh, buying a machine like this that I'm talking about would be a source of income because you would be able to broadcast a lot of commercial. Like, for sale. Yeah, again, we're for talking sale, paid services. Right now, so. for CB, AM, and FM bands, it's still going to be a small message. Even for the FM, it's not going to be like some giant, giant message. But if you have concise English and you can say car for sale, or, you know, if you. A bulletin board. Think of a business card. Yeah. How much information is on a business card? 200 characters is a lot. For, for, but you know what? We're, we're going to try to consistently give people 200 characters faster and faster. Our target right now is 200 every 10 minutes. Yeah. We think we can do that. But I think there's encoding strategies. I mean, I'm really excited. Some of the stuff I was doing 20 years ago with uh, natural language processing, where you identify repeated cycles in language, it's similar to compression. The difference is... The dictionary is held on both sides. So if you're listening, this is what you're going to see. Right now, you're going to see character encoding. So anybody can decode to a character in ASCII. And we're doing this because JS8 only works with, what, uppercase characters and a limited set. So we have to encode so we can have the whole Unicode set. So it expands the message a little. But one way I'm going to pull it in is I'm going to take these sequences that repeat in English and translate them to an integer, give it a negative number. So if you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, I'm going to decode this, there could be huge missing gaps and you won't have the dictionary to know what, you know, what's minus, not, what is minus 900? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a proprietary you know? encoding. It's a proprietary. on top of an encryption. Oh my God, dude. And that's my point, dude. That's why I think we're going to make money not just from products, but from donations and services, man. Because the, people will come so out of the woodwork to use what we have to offer. Yeah. And they, they will repay us for and the shit, service. I want to stay here a bit lo- longer. I'll just say it. And yeah, in that Marshall McLuhan sense, it's going to turn on a different part of the brain, but games, games, games. We're going to do chess. We're going to do poker. We're going to do quiz show. We're going to do all kinds of games that the note system will enable. You'll have a graphical user interface. Again, it's queue-based messaging. It's based upon receipt time. It's like UDP. If you know what UDP is, fire and forget. We're going to, we're going to do verification, but it might not always work, okay? But we're going to do games, too. Yeah. Oh, and, and how is this a stretch of anybody's imagination? First off, you can already get on the radio and play a game of chess with somebody, you know, just with voice, you know, each of you have a table set up in front of you and you move the pieces according to where the player tells you to move. Uh, they do a quiz show. I think it's on 39, 14 or maybe 39, 16 kilohertz lower sideband. And uh, if you're in the Midwest, it's going on all around you every single night. It's, it's, it's fun, dude. When you're, in the farmhouse, when I was in yeah. North Dakota, uh, we yeah, we had internet. We even had fiber optic right to the front door. This was out in the middle of nowhere, literally middle of nowhere, North Dakota. Fiber to our front door. Thanks, Obama. Um, but it was it was it was just a like it fit the pace. Listening to that quiz show yeah. on the radio 
on the farm in North Dakota yeah. was the speed that I wanted to live at, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it, it was no, just, I just perfect. You know, dude, I just realized that you could do a really cool version of Dungeons & Dragons and notes could enable it. Like, you could use the notes map system to enable it so you'd actually have real points of reference for weird adventures. Oh, yeah. But you could actually do a kind of... Um, a group level dice throwing, an honest dice throwing model where every person in the game, every person in the game for every single round throws the dice. The current player gets weighted And you more. tell them what they roll and then you tell them the thing. We'll wait, the, we'll wait the current player. More. Like the, the current player is rolling, right? They get a weight that is 10 times, okay? Or maybe two times. We'll, we'll make it adjustable. Maybe that'll be an option, but let's say two times. So two times is it's weighted. So you're going to multiply their score by two, but everyone else's score will also be part of it. And so you end up with this mixed score for the outcome, but everyone is rolling dice and then reporting it on their, oh, this is what I got. This is what I got. And you know what? Maybe we put a little JavaScript dice thing in there so they don't have to have real dice. It's still happening in the browser. So in theory, it's pseudo-random, right? So maybe we just put the dice thing in the browser and then it, it just automatically... Like, you give them, maybe give them an option. Real dice or the, the JavaScript dice, okay? I think a lot of people just do the JavaScript dice. And we could do this with a lot of scenarios, but you could do this with Dungeons & Dragons. Dude, and I'm telling you, the games... I, it's it's mind-boggling when yeah. you start thinking about it. Because, like I it's said, crazy. I've said it over again. I'll say it again. It's like in 1992, us sitting around talking about what's possible on the internet. And we still haven't even realized that pornography is possible on the internet. <laughs> yeah. And I think people need to understand something. Don't get obsessed with bandwidth at this point. I, I, I need to emphasize this again before we leave. And, and, and why another thing, because I know you're not going to talk about it. We are not going to, at this point in time, we're never going to consider pictures. Because first no. off, we're already being attacked from every single angle possible. Uh, yeah. The hate that we get from the deepest, darkest, weirdest corners of the internet, yeah. Reddit, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. Like They're coming out after us. I mean, we're yeah, not going to give them the opportunity that's a good to point. sabotage The, the notes project. application, which is part of the story, the eco, let's call this the ecosystem. So there's a rad terminal and it exists in an ecosystem that Notes is part of. And Notes has a store and forward communication system. And one of the destinations is what I'm hosting at Bluehost right now, the Notes system. Now, it's not all connected yet. That's a couple weeks away, I think. But once it's all connected, someone on a CB radio could send a note that ends up on the website. The website is a bulletin board. What does that mean? It's public. The only thing you need is a computer connected to the internet. Um, I get your IP address. No matter who you are, your computer has an IP address. It has to. So basically, because of that, I'm not going to ask you for a password. I don't want a login name. When you go to the notes application at planetarystatusreport.com, you can leave a note without logging in and someone else could look at it on a different computer and find it. You can leave it with a hashtag. You can also use our encryption tool. We don't directly connect it, but you can take a message from inside that box, push the encryption button. You're going to have to remove any additional stuff. You know, Well, it's going to encrypt everything in there. But um, 
then you'll have to paste it back into the message and people have to decrypt it themselves the same way. It's a simple tool. It's not that hard to use. But needless to say, we did a video on it, so maybe I should link the video yeah, to it at some just, point. Yeah, we'll film to the, the video. The, the point is, you can go to a public bulletin board right now at planetarystatusreport.com slash notes. And this is a bulletin board that radengineering.tech, our company, is building. And you can post any kind of fucking note and associate to a geographical address. And in a couple days, we're adding what I'm calling the Maidenhead Navigator, which is a grid-based navigator that ham radio people know. And it will have a Maidenhead grid. You click on the grid. It'll return a list of cities. And you'll be able to pick the nearest city and then give it an azimuth and a distance of an offset of where you are. So I'm like, I'm 30 miles north of Houston. Or I'm 80 miles, but Glimtok, and you'll be able to pick between degrees or azimuth. The point is miles or kilometers. And, you know, <coughs> it's not all really super graphical, but it will work offline. And that's the key. It'll work offline, and you'll be able to put custom locations into it. So. Yes. And when we say work offline, that means that the internet is down. And when the internet is down, It'll still work. Even if you don't have a CB radio, it'll still work. Like, if you connected it to your Wi-Fi and you have other computers in the home, as long as the ports on your computer are open on port 80, they can just type in your local IP address. And again, on Ubuntu or Linux, it's ifconfig. On Windows systems, it's usually ipconfig, and it'll return your local IP address. And you just type that in, and you'll go directly to that notes page like it's being served up on the internet and you can post it. I, sh and I showed that to you the other day. You can post a note. You can do all oh, yeah. kinds of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, even if it was just that for a family, they would have at least a little bit of a, you call it a social media that would still work as long as you empower the Wi-Fi router. But that's a whole nother, another issue because that's basically acting like your network utility. Um, Going off the tangents a little bit, but the point is, is that the notes application is going to be powerful enough that between hashtags and command tags, you're going to be able to do things that are almost like programming. And then with a little bit of API work, it may get more advanced. I mean, I got to say, I don't want people taking advantage of the airwaves, but if, there, if we can do it, if it's feasible, we should do it. You know, there's so much bandwidth we have. We, if we're efficient with it, if we do good encoding, and when I say encoding, this literally means taking a big chunk of text and figure out a way to make it smaller and yet mean the same well, thing. Well, but the simplest way to put it is that the radio essentially is capable of any function that the computer is. Yeah. And, and a command doesn't have to be that long. So that's... No. If if the offline ability is to reach out to a computer that is online, send an email. And send, How big a command is sending? Yeah, an email? yeah, exactly. It's exactly. not again, and then it's just okay. First person to do it will send your receipt. Worst case scenario, the person ends up with more than one email sent to them. This is not something that right now we can feasibly protect against. Like you could in that scenario get a lot of emails. On the other hand, if it's an emergency, it's an emergency. Maybe a good thing. I don't know. But here's the deal, though. What you're most likely going to do is say, pick a call sign, send an email. Yeah. That's, you know, there are going to be people out to say, I'll forward an email. Well, I, okay. And, and, and you'll configure that shit. So it's, it's like, you'll say, you, and this is another thing that, that we'll do, 
is every notes server will return its API, the description of what commands do at a, at a code level, so anybody could write scripts to code it, script it out. And really, Dan, we're being really abstract on the path yeah. that these messages take. And, and the reality is, is the tools already exist, and this is the complicated part of the software. The tools already exist that allow the uh, the direct networking you know the path that you're going to take it'll be via this station via yeah. this station yeah. via this station yeah. so uh, i mean the ideal path will be through so one, actually two, and justin's right he's more familiar with the js8 software than i am i've recently but, what, gears but in broad from, terms we're still talking yeah. about the same thing it and, works and, the same and way. all it means is there's less work for yeah, me which yeah, exactly. I, I like means more beer more time for beer, less work, right? Okay. So, but but we we are dreaming of a massive, massive, uh, self-replicating line of code that we. Well, can we're also distribute. talking about like little. <laughs> if you have a little database problem, like you want to keep track of movies you like, well, that's the name of a movie theoretically unique with the year. That's probably unique, and then there's some number. That little database message could be just floating all over this, but it's not very big. It's easy It's easy to keep track of. You got the call sign. Oh, there's a little database record. So actually, you can propagate a lot of data, not big data, but a lot of little data can be propagated this way so that people are like, oh, what's on sale at the grocery store today? We were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of business transactions that can occur that are purely informational. I have for sale oranges and it can be a basic message and our software can read that message and present it to you in a data way a data kind of way so it's like a table it could show up as a list of things directed towards you you know we're not you know our software is in beta we got a long road to go and it would help if we had more money because money means pays less, the rent it's less fear and it keeps the lights yeah. on dude and it and I'll tell you what, I'll give you a secret. Right now we figured we can keep making progress if we can get to an operating revenue of two grand a month, which I know seems ridiculously small, but a lot of people just don't have any money and investors aren't knocking on our doors. But if someone could come up with, let's say, five grand a month, we could form an LLC so we could formally give them a share and again, we're going to remain majority between the both of us. We've decided that we have to have that power. We it's have not, a vision. We, we have a very specific vision. We do. And direction and method yeah. of getting things done. I mean, in some ways, we're trying to do what people who read Atlas Shrugged and say, let's do, let's okay. do Galt's Gulch. You, you, you brought know? it up. We're not doing Galt's Gulch. We're not. We're starting out as Galt's Ditch. Yeah. We're, the, we're in the fucking gutter. We are man. in the gutter. Yeah, but uh, but where we want to go is is and we've got gravity you know, helping us, dude. Yeah. Gravity, I, we have such. This is divinely inspired, Dan. I feel it. I know it. I wake up every day with purpose. <sighs> so another project because we talked about components. We went off back to the rad terminal. That's okay because it's what we're working it's a big on right topic, now. Man, yes. it's exciting. Listen, for Christmas twenty twenty two, we would like to do it. Should be, dude. It, it, I really think we can we do it. We want to do the complete system where it's all integrated, integrated power, DC power, something that you could take. And maybe we partner with it, one of these companies that sells these solar panels, these roller... Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hoping we can get in bed with BioEno Battery. They, 
It's it's an American company. Of course, they're not okay. making batteries in America. Nobody is. No. Uh, but uh, they have the technology we need. They have the solar panels we need. The batteries. Um, the, it's it's some of the best stuff around. Yeah. So I mean, it would be a natural match, and you know. We're a nobody right now, Dan. Like we can't even afford to buy one battery for a prototype from. Listen, you, who's making all, who? Who? We both have to share tasks that we would love to hire out for. We yeah. would, but yeah. we but we got to do them because we got to do them. Yep. It's like everyone here in the household at some point is going to be participating, and we're not really getting paid yet. Yeah, and I mean that's that's how we're keeping those costs so low. Is we all live in the same house. Yeah. So I mean yeah. the. So if you're out there and you're saying I don't I'm rich but I'm not super rich, listen. If you're rich enough that you've taken care of what you need to take care of and you're not in financial dire straits and you can come up with let's say 5 cuz I wouldn't want to do it for less than 5 grand a month. But if you could come up with 5 grand a month, we can that with that money we can form an LLC, we can keep the lights on, we can keep making progress. You will get, you know, since you're a shareholder in that LLC sense, you're going to get reports on progress. You're going to know what we're doing. And yeah, you're going to get input. We're going to remain majority, but you will get input. You'll get a chance to say something. Once we form a board, you will get input onto who sits on that board because in all likelihood, at five grand a month, we'd probably make you a significant shareholder. I won't tell you the percentage over the podcast, but it would be significant enough that if we end up being as successful as I know we can be... We're snowballing already, Dan. We're plowing through every single barrier in front of us. And and we're going to do... I think we're going to do dividends. We're not going to do the whole, like, you know, your stock will inflate to infinity. We're going to pay... I, don't, I can't speak to any of this, but it, this... But we're going to pay based upon... Think of it this way. The work we do is what will pay out. If we don't make a profit this year, guess what? You're not going to get any money this year as a shareholder. But if we make a profit, you know, which means we paid our bills, we are as a shareholder, we all get a cut of the profit. It's going to be that dirt simple. So if you're asking yourself, if I were to give you five grand a month, what do I get for it? You're going to get a share that pays out a profit annually. That's the most honest way we can do it. Does that make sense? Yep, I get so that. So if, yeah. if we don't make any money, you don't get any money. But you know what? You're on a journey with us. And if over time you're making money, listen, in a year we lose money, we're not going to grab money from your pocket. So yeah, some years there, we might... There's no room for a grift in radio, Dan. <laughs> this stuff is so simple. I, I think for five grand, you could get your retirement. Easy. Like you, that can, yeah, yeah. I'm not making promises out of school, but for five grand a month, if you could commit to that for at least a year, maybe two, I believe in what we're doing and that could be your retirement. That could be your, the thing you make. And guess what? We're smart people. So if it's not about dollars, it's going to be about gold and silver. We're not going to get trapped by a currency that implodes. We're, we're a very nimble company. It's why, and gosh, I should repeat it before I continue, but we got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, if you're involved in crypto and you're saying to yourself, Dan, I'm a little scared. <sighs> I don't know what's possible to, to do what I want. I don't believe in forever ledgers. Okay. I have issues with the blockchain because it's a forever ledger. I don't care that it only has my public key. That's fucking irrelevant. The fact that it's a forever ledger bothers me. You can figure out a lot you of know? things over forever. Dan. Oh Yeah. 
And so what I want is a truly private system for financial transactions that they can't stop. So if the electricity goes out, well, guess what? You've got a DC battery, you've got your solar laptop, cell. solar cells, you've got your CB radio, you're transmitting data and the internet is fucking down. There are a lot of crypto, there are a lot of financial people who don't understand the power of that. I mean, think about, okay, if you're Mr. and Mrs. Stock Trader, because guess what? Stock trading data is fairly finite. It's a fairly, I, I, you know how I know this? Because I was staring at market data all last fucking summer. I, I, I was on a project, I don't want to talk about it. It ended the way it ended, you know, I'm, there's no... Ill, Ill will amongst anyone, but it didn't continue and it ended. But I stared at a lot of this fucking financial data. And in reality, dude, you know, like I told you, all of the Fred data, I think it's about 10 gigs. Yeah. yeah. Not, almost a million data charts, sets. numbers, yeah. It's just, it's just dates and numbers. Well, guess what? Think about this, dude. And, and, and Mr. and Mrs. America out there who might be normie and, and, you know, listen to Q or th something, whatever. My point is, I'm not going to beat up on you, but understand this. Let's say there's a disaster, like a hurricane. This is the system that would allow you to report price information and to receive price information when everyone else can't trade. Which means that you will have an arbitrage capacity over others. Like, we could build a trading system. That's another thing too, Mr. and Mrs. Crypto. You may not want to participate with us in terms of creating a financial network, but boy, could we create a trading system for your crypto. We could. And it could be pretty slick. And, you know, would it be instantaneous? I mean, I don't know. Mr. and Mrs. Bitcoin, I was testing crypto transactions in 2017, and instantaneous is not a word I would apply. <laughs> um, but we would, we would definitely match the bandwidth. That's the funny thing. This network more or less matches the bandwidth. If the problem is it would slow it down too much. It's, it needs a fast network. Crypto needs a blazingly fast network. What we need to do is create a blazingly fast transaction. And I can't do that alone. I could probably spend a year dreaming something up and testing it. Who's going to pay me to do that? Nobody. But if you're out there and you can come up with a five grand a month, this is the stuff we're going to do. This is where we're going. Okay, we're not going to get this all done tomorrow. But a year from now, could we have a financial network operating with rad terminals and the notes network? Yeah, why not? And guess what? We're probably going to add in little tools. Again, JavaScript, PHP, running on a web server on your computer. 100% private to you unless you want to make it public. We're going to build in little tools for things like bookkeeping and keeping track of resources and make it generalized so that you know you're not stuck in the mathematics of the dollar or any freaking fiat currency. So where we're headed with notes and the rad terminal, the two of them go together on a Linux-based platform that is open. What we're headed for is a generalized tool that will simply make your life easier. But if you if it, but if you want to minimize it and just be a power Linux user and use the other tools we install because we're going to install, you know, open office and stuff like that, you can go do that. It's going to be a Linux computer with the ability to communicate with other Linux computers using a CB radio. Yeah. Think of the radio as the modem. Yeah. The, di the dial-up modem. Exactly. It's like a modem. And and yeah, 
It's it's you a know? modem, and we're creating the language that this modem uses yeah. to control the computer. Yeah. So, oh. so yeah, and it, it would really change our direction if we if we went that direction. It would change the physical structure of what we're talking about. Well, it is, and the thing but is, but I mean, it's we're never resi- we can it's, do that. Be, it's resilient because there are multiple points in the chain where, since we're building a meta encoding, he's right when he says JS eight has the whole, you know direct the message to these call signs this way built in. He's correct on that. But the one thing I would add to what he just said is that we're going to build... Um, uh, I, think I, I think I forgot what I said. I'm really tired. Um, I, I'm kind of tired. I'm doing okay. I'm going to keep going, but I just lost that. Yeah, okay. Dude, anyways, I lost the thought. We, we really beat that crypto thing. We got it. I mean, I think we circled around it a few times, and maybe we should wander back to our script. Yeah. Okay, so next up is a big project. It's related to the component stuff. We want to 3D print CPUs. And because we talked about this a few times today, because we had to record multiple times, I'm a little scatterbrained, but I'm pretty certain for this recording we didn't talk about it yet. This all goes back to locally sourcing everything by any means necessary, whatever boundaries we have to push, be it, what was it, bio, bio circuitry. Oh, like, I, that was a crazy Far idea. Far out experimental it, stuff. Yeah. But again, we're saying this is the dream. We want to locally source every single component. And we want to explore every single avenue that enables us to get to that point. Imagine a farmer's market. Okay? Okay, I can actually explain this. In fact, if you're out there and you were ever in the United States military stationed in Korea... You might understand. I, I went to Seoul once, and there's this place in Seoul called the Yongsong Electronic Mart. At least it used to be there. I don't know what's left of anything anymore. But it had all these electronics. Really, You would love the place. All kinds of cool shit. I wasn't interested in radio back then, but I'd be willing to wager they had a shitload of fucking different kinds of radio. Sure, I bet. You know, um, really cool place. Here's what I imagine that we're not necessarily going to create on our own. But what we want to sponsor with the ability to 3D print RAM and CPU and to the sourcing of the, the components is we're, we're never going to get back Radio Shack. But what if we could have a farmer's market equivalent to electronic components and architecture? So that, listen, every once in a while, like once a month, there's a setup at some fucking location. People pull up their trucks and say, listen, I'm selling this. This does this. That's, okay, I can already tell you that that's going to be, in the future, the only way to get a rad terminal. Because, yeah. like, these supply chain issues, dude, I'm telling but you. Like I said, we want to build it. We want to build it. And we want to publish specs for building yes, it. Like we can't else. do it all. And it, it is. It's going to come from... It's going to yeah. be farmed out, like you're saying, yeah. in a farmer's market. Yeah. But, but Different people, is, different components, <laughs> different manufacturing processes. You know, we will have a standardized component architecture. Other... Probably other companies will have their own. But the idea will be simple. Every component will be something that a person can repair, fix. But wouldn't it be cool to have these farmers markets, but they're not really, they're electronic markets. And once a month, people with electronic stuff they've been making, resistors, capacitors. I figured out a way to make coax cable. 
you know, all the stuff. And you know what? The RAD terminal and the note system can enable that. Mm -hmm. You can set a location. You can say, we're meeting at this point. You can give it a hashtag. You can send out a command, email this to people if the email is still working. And if it's not, just send out a command, all call. All call means everybody listen if you can. Specific, uh, you know, call signs means specific server computer, which means your computer. Hey, I've been noticed. And you know what? If these are unobtrusive messages, you can send them out once an hour. You know, have a message, send it out once an hour a day, and, and just, you know, people, hey, um, there's the... Don't forget about the farmer's market. There is the electronic meetup market in Vernal, Utah. On, be there, be there, be there. I mean, okay, you don't want to put too much text in there. <laughs> but you could you could do B, B dash THR, maybe shorten it out to Cubed. Know. Cubed. You would yeah. cube it. Be yeah. there. Be there. Yeah. Be there. Yeah. No, I I think that there's a lot of potential. We gotta move on, but <laughs> there's a lot of potential there. Um, we wanna do two things, and then I'm I'm gonna get through these very quickly, because I think we've talked about them basically. We wanna do two things beyond the RAD terminal. We want to at radengineering.tech build our own radios and build our own computers from the ground up. That's why we talked about the whole printing CPU thing. Version one of the terminal that we make from the ground up might have a computer about as powerful as a Commodore 64. But version one of that terminal will probably just have the CBAMFM, which means that the computer matches the bandwidth. And go back to why, Dan. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning. We have to retrace manufacturing in this country. I talked about multiple times today, so I get really angry when I think about it. But the truth is, I probably didn't talk about it yet in this podcast iteration. We have to walk um, out of the lake before we can walk around it. Chip manufacturing. And I interrupt, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. We're, we're in the thick of corruption. Yeah. It's our system. The... Like you say, the battleship, the that your shit is owned. You don't have a private computer. Chips, There's no yes. fucking way. If you've ever been on the internet, if you use a computer yeah. on the internet, you do not have a private computer. You don't. You don't. The, the only, only way, way is a Faraday cage. A, a Faraday cage and what's called a cold machine. A yeah. cold machine that is never connected. It it's a lot like Battlestar Galactica. You would generate <laughs> the encrypted messages that we talk about yeah. on a cold machine. Uh, and, then do sne- to, and then you do sneaker net. You put, on a, US, over the put on a USB drive, put on your dog, say, get this is, burrito. This is the only way to be safe until yeah. we control the supply yeah. chain. Yeah, we have to make our own chip. We have to get out of the fucking mud before we can walk around it. Now, we're talking about some serious subversion shit here. I, like, will, I will say this. The way that JSA works currently, the way that our encoding system will work likely... It's going to be really hard to do harmful things to other people's computers using our network. So if you're on our network, yeah, you won't be able to upload porn. You won't be able to download porn. You won't be able to download viruses, dude. It won't really be feasible. No. But you will be able to communicate. You you will be able to fucking buy a fucking pizza from Pizza Hut. I guarantee you we can make that work. Um, but anyways, like I said... Just to capture all this idea about 3D printing, whatever, together. The first version of our completely homegrown RAD terminal, which won't be RT1, because RT1 is going to have outsourced components. 
But the RTD2. Oh my God, wouldn't that be cool? R2, the R2D2. <laughs> The, the R2-D2, the Rad Terminal R2-D2, it might be basically a Commodore 64 with a simple... It's going to be a basic LCD monitor because you don't need much more for that type of a system. And it's probably going to run like basic, Microsoft basic, like they did, which means it's not really an operating system. It's just a program. It's like a shell. It's like a basic shell that's always operating. And maybe, you know what? Maybe we add in some type of memory you know, if we can get creative. But the idea is we want to make it homegrown. So maybe we do end up using tape recorders and shit, like back in the day. But the point is the bandwidth of the CB radio is going to match whatever you can do on that Commodore 64. Yep. It's going to be basically equivalent. So Yeah, the technology will be totally compatible. Yeah. And that that is... That is the only state that we can exist in. There are a lot of a non- hobbyists who have these old Commodore 64s, <laughs> these old TRS-80s that run that basic kind of shell, that basic language shell. You know what I mean? Run program, type program. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Run and that's program. exactly where we're at right now. Um, yeah, that would that would work for this. And you could do... Listen, you're not going to do 3D video games, but could you do chess? The text-based, all, yeah. the, all the things that we've yeah. talked about. Now, on the little on the little rad terminal running the basic shell, it's not going to be the note system. There'll be some modifications. It's going to be probably really simplified notes, so simple that... It would be the grid square. Uh, I mean, you would have to would have... It would be the grid square. You would have to have the picture in front of you, which is fine. Yeah. That's why they did it like that. It's so simple, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this grid square stuff, you guys don't know what we're talking about, but it's a simple maidenhead grid square map. It's very simple. Yeah. Um, it won't take you very hard or very much effort to learn it at all. And uh, with a six-digit number, you'll know exactly... Within within your town, where they're at. So the next thing we're working on, and again, this is down the road. Dreams. Um, we're dreaming. We're doing. These are places that we probably by this time, if we would have started, what's the date in Pat and the, in the the Commodore sixty four? When did it come out? Like in the early eighties. Early eighties. Like okay, so so this stuff. is we would be here where you're talking now. Had we started. In 1980. Yeah, I mean, I think like, we would be... Yeah. This is where we should be. Listen, we're going to talk been about... fucked out of this we've future. Been, this is the future where we think we would be today, and we're going to try to build it. And, and and it might not work out, and if it doesn't, we'll try something else. We'll try else. something else. Yeah. So, the next project we want to work on is going to be technically our first foray into aerospace. We want to get into aerospace. We want to build these easily deployed... We want to design them, which means... We want right to repair, which means that other people could build them too once we proof out the design. But we want to design and build remotely controlled high altitude dirigibles as repeater stations for radio, retransmission stations. Microwave, laser, you, you name, name the technology they support, Dan. It, the frequency is the limit. The frequency, that's pretty much our motto at radengineering.tech. The frequency is the limit. And what we're thinking is, is there might be a sweet spot for these dirigibles somewhere around 15 to 20 miles up. And so up there, you know, it's not a satellite, but you could call it a suborbital satellite. And because you're beyond the cloud level, um, you could do a lot with infrared lasers as long as the other node, the other drone, the rad drone, 
as long as the other drone is part of the Drony Express, ah, that's funny. <laughs> but as long as the other drone has line of sight, yeah. you can do infrared laser, you can do microwave, you can do a lot of very high bandwidth, di- digital bandwidth, which means you know amount of information you can send, high information rate stuff. You know, this is all, yeah, dude. And so some dude with a rad terminal Commodore sixty four, you know. Respect to Commodore. We have to do the respect version, like out of respect. We do the retro commercial. Like you remember when you were a kid and old Blumpto beat you over the head with a hammer. But then he said, "I'm sorry, kid. Here's your Commodore 64." That version would talk at its rate to that that drone at high altitude. But that drone could send the message instantaneously. Zoom. So it's like it's like it is the Drony Express or the high altitude subway. But it'll be another layer because the rad truck plus the rad drone, you're giving yourself layers of communication. One of the things the rad truck will, I just want to talk about the rad truck one more time before we go too far down the road. The rad truck will allow local communities to have their own internet. Like it's going to have a range with Wi-Fi. We're going to design it to have enough of a power that you can set up your own local internet, which means that other computers on that network can serve up content. It means your home computer and your, I live in Boblimtok, Kentucky, but what am I going to do with my WordPress? Well, you can run it at home. And with the rad truck, your community could see your web page and you could see someone else's web page and you could have email and you could have network gaming and you could have... And for a price, a ticket out. Yeah. Yeah. A ticket out of the fucking ghetto. And this is a system, we're talking about systems where you use technology that already exists, we build technology we don't have so that we can have an internet we control. Yes. Um, a nimble, it, the, the rad truck, like I, I've said over and over again, fills any void created. It moves to where it's needed. If there is an earthquake in Salt Lake City, a rad truck would be inbound. Yeah. It would park on top of Antelope Island, and everybody who ha- could put an antenna on their Wi-Fi could could tune in to the rad truck with their Wi-Fi. Everyone with a radio can tune into the and, rad and truck you know what, with the radio. You know, Bounces the signal out to, to L.A., to uh, Seattle, and wherever you know how the signal simple this is? You know how simple? It's dirt simple, it's, it, dude. But you know how, but, but dude, you know what I got to say really quick? The rad drone comes on a trailer that the rad truck can tow. And because there's different models of each, we'll make one that they can all tow that's appropriate to their size. So maybe there's smaller drones that maybe they can't go super high up. But you can take them on the smaller vehicle. But the rad drone is controlled by the rad truck. Dude, it's 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 a network node system. Yeah, it can be controlled by something else, but that's something you can throw in there. Like, here's an add-on. Get your rad truck, get your rad drone. You know, folks, we spent time on this because there are people out there who are trapped. Yeah, the, okay. the, the world that we are in currently, until we build the world that we want to live in, the world we live in currently... Wants us dead. So Project Tesla is about suborbital, lighter-than-air, dirigible-type, remotely-controlled drones for repeater stations and retransmission. Yes. And it's that fucking simple. simple. Move on. Move Move on. on. Okay, so we want to do stuff in aerospace. So here's the next aerospace. Other than the rad drone, this is kind of a weird space because it involves, I think, a kind of space tourism. Not exactly, but sort of. It's like riding the gondola to the top of a mountain. Exactly. 
We, you know, a few years ago, that Red Bull guy went up in a balloon. I think it cost him almost forty million bucks to float up. To Holy tw- shit! Yeah, I, he floated. I didn't up. realize it was so expensive. Yeah, he went up to like twenty-one miles or something above the okay, earth. Okay, well, I knew if you had to ask, it was too much. So yeah, I didn't so, ask. And he jumped out. And the thing is, it was pretty cool because it isn't technically space, but you still have to wear a space suit. It is pretty much it's a near vacuum. Um, it's still as hell. And, you, you know, in the vacuum up there, the distances involved, you still end up breaking the sound barrier in oh, a lot yeah, of cases. Probably. So, so here's the idea. We call it Project Space Diver. And it's going to be a technology that it will end up being a technology that leads to what I would call an emergency pod for space travel. But it's going to be a tourism thing slash entertainment thing. We're going to design... You can go up and... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. Well, here's the idea. And other people are doing similar things. So this is not original, but we want to do it. We want to get there fast. We think we can do it for a thousand bucks a pop. Right now... An ounce of gold, Dan. Or an ounce... Let's just say an ounce of gold instead, which is it's almost twice that. But let's say that instead. You're right. We think for an ounce of gold, we can take you up 20 miles, maybe 15 to 20 miles, with a lighter-than-air system, probably at first it'll be a simple balloon system. When you get to the altitude, you can hang out up there for a while, maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes. I don't know. You can take pictures. You're going to be taking some kick-ass fucking pictures because we're going to have a really... Oh, the curve of the earth, Dan. Oh, my God, the curve of the earth. And, and you're going to have really good panoramic windows. And then at some point... You strap in because you'll you'll get to be able to walk around if you want to. You can hang out up there if you want to. Maybe we even like have special romantic trips. Yes, open yes. A twenty mile bottle. high club. Twenty mile <laughs> high club. Yeah, but then and that's assuming the version I'm talking about right now is a single passenger. But we could have like a double passenger romantic package. There, there are places we can go with it. But the idea is, once you start the descent, the pod is designed kind of like. Um, you know, kind of like a, a re-entry vehicle, sort of. Once you start to descent, you, the balloon collapses back into the vehicle. So you can imagine pulling it back in, you know, like how insects retract their wings. And then it's designed to be basically a re-entry type vehicle. It'll have a terminal velocity, which means it won't exceed a certain velocity. Yeah, for the first you know few miles, because it's nearly a vacuum, it's going to drop pretty fast, but it won't be that fast. So we won't have to worry about having a super fantastic heat shield. But it'll basically be designed to be easy to control during that re-entry process. And while you're in free fall, if we design it right... Vomit comet! You can do zero G shit, yeah. So there'll be maybe a minute or two. Uh, it's hard to say... Where you will be able to basically do... Experience weightlessness. Maybe up to five minutes, I bet. But (coughs) it's a long distance, you know. And then you'll have a multi-stage parachute that slows the vehicle down. You will land back on Earth. We're going to have airbag systems. You're going to, you know, you're going to be seated again. Because again, you know, even though you're going to be in the zero-G environment, we're going to help you get seated. We'll help you figure that out, you know. Uh, the, Everything is reusable. The yeah. price includes the cleaning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean. yeah. Also, that's the other thing too. These aren't throwaway. These are going to be yeah. reused. I mean, Th- this is how we obtain that that cost. We're going to build it to last. Also, because we're experimenting, we're trying to build a pod that you could put into a spaceship. 
So if something goes wrong, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, we're all dying. It's the Kobayashi Maru and the fucking Zylons blew him up with the atom cannon. Wait, Fuck is, that. is the plane you the know? next one or what? Because um, what happened to the... Oh, yeah, so that, the paint that's coming out. Okay, okay, my yeah. bad. Oh, spoiler. Yeah. yeah. So on top of the diver thing where we're going to, like, design a pod so people can enjoy the drop and enjoy the height. Without the jump. Without being in a jumpsuit. Yeah, we're going to put you in a pressure suit in case there's a catastrophic failure in the pod. So if you're seated, you have a pressure suit on, you have a good chance of surviving, a better chance of surviving, yes. whatever happens. But um, you're going to be able to get up and walk around, I bet. So maybe it's going to be designed for two to four people where you could get up at some we'll point, see. walk around, open a little micro fridge, get your micro space beer that you're going to pay 10,000 bucks for yes. because you want to have microgravity, no, super gravity sex. You want to have sex <laughs> at 20 fucking miles up. Um, the project we're going to do connected to this diving thing, it's not really diving either. It's really just falling in the pod, but you know, maybe we'll call it the, the dropping elevator. But the point is uh, the Wonkavator. No, we can't do that. Um, we could call it a podcast. Oh, oh God. Oh, from Ronco. The next up from Ronco, but the next up from what we want to do at radengineering.tech is something I call the Sclider, but I don't know if that's a good name. It's a, hor- for, it's a horrible name, but an amazing concept where it's built off of what we just talked about, this space capsule that goes up with a balloon. yeah. The balloon, like I, like previously described, folds back into itself. Imagine insect wings in that in your mind. Now, when these wings fold back down, in, instead of just falling straight down, there's a it's fashioned like an airfoil, like a, a wing, a, a flying wing. It or, has wings that come out. Yeah, like wings that come out. out or yeah. this this. I haven't seen it on paper yet. Yeah. Dan, so I, I oh, have but you know, like, picture. Okay, so like the picture. F-14 Tomcat has wings that swivel. Okay, yeah. It, it's going to have wings that swivel out from the gun. Okay, board. well, but exactly. And as it falls, it picks up speed. And how far can this thing go from, from where it went up? Thousands of miles, and, Dan. And we're going to build into it software and hardware. Just flies. That allows, it, that allows it to monitor thermals. So if it's the right time of year and you have enough thermals, and if you don't know what a thermal is, a thermal is an updraft of air. So if you're a glider pilot and you're smart, you can get a lot of distance by basically flying up No thermals. shit, Dan. I really think that you could, uh, say, take off in Florida, go up, get your elevation, start your descent, do this in the morning, yeah. and, and fly across the whole continental United States. Just that east first to west. drop, you're going to have so much kinetic energy. Well, I, I, you know, I, mean, I have a, a really hard time... Wrapping my head around what would actually be possible from 20 miles up, but until you know, until you, because there's going to be a lot of this where you're not there really is, moving, there and, is. Then, and then you catch your air and you yeah. start going. Yeah. But then that's when the thermals, and as yeah. as the day heats up, these thermals are more active. So you can probably catching, ride the wind catching, really well. No matter. Okay, say you go a thousand miles. Well, you've still got 2,000 miles to go, yeah. and you can do that on the backs of thermals. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Pretty fucking amazing. Pretty fucking amazing. Dude. And so, and so, and the other thing is this: once you've landed in the glider or whatever you want to call it, the space glider, once you've landed in the glider, we're gonna, you know, it might be an add-on technology, but we're gonna want to bake into it the ability to do hydrogen recharge so that you could take off again. Yeah, um, land in solar the desert, power, land wherever yeah, you want, wherever, and then <laughs> hang out, be a tourist, 
and then float if you off can ex- again. If How you can cool. extract water and you can get solar energy, we can get you hydrogen. Yep. And it might be a slow recharge. It might take a couple days to, to power up your slider if you're doing it that way. But think about it. You could go around the world this way. You could Forever. Cross, a gypsy. Become a gypsy. You could be a ever gypsy wandering of the gypsy. with yeah, a slider. Wow. And this would, dude, there's a whole bunch of extreme dude, and, sport and th- people who will love not just the sky pod. You know, we'll call it the Scod. Scod, <laughs> worship Scod, bow to Scod. No, but not just the Zardoz sky. You know, we should make it like the Zardoz head. No, not the sky. Show me what you got. This glider um, could potentially go around the world. And you could you could do that. You could live. I mean, the thing the is. world in 80 days. It's crazy. Next one up <coughs> is related, and it's about freedom. So back in the 90s, I remember reading, and again, just if you don't know, if you're listening to this podcast, this is about what we want to do at radengineering.tech in the future. What we want to do at our engineering. Our visions, our dreams. Yeah, it doesn't... Dan's, Dan's got a lot into this list. I think this has been years and years in the making, and uh, very fortunate he shared this list with me. And like I said, there could be people who have solved these problems, or, or have already done it, or are on the verge of doing it, and God bless... I hope they have. This is just a wish list from one person running an engineering company for toolkits I wish I had. Does that make sense, Justin? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And so if no one else has it, you know who's going to try to do it? We're going to try to do it. Next up is Project Fast, but that's just a not-so-great name for something that goes back to, I would say, the 90s. I remember back in the 90s reading The Scientific American about how IBM was teleporting... You know, they, they call it teleportation. It, it's really, I don't know. But they were teleporting boron atoms across a laboratory. What they were really doing was entangling two boron atoms at a quantum level so that if you rotated one, the other rotated. So it was really not teleportation. It was quantum communication. Now, you'd say, well, Dan, why is that important? If you have a robot on Mars, it takes a, it takes a number of minutes for a radio command to get there. And then it takes a number of minutes for that robot to do the command and then send a message back. So you could be waiting 15, 20 minutes for that cycle to complete. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on where Mars is in orientation to the Earth, more or less, you know, those aren't precise numbers. With quantum entangled communication, that would be real time, instantaneous. Wait a minute. So you're telling me if you had two quantumly entangled speakers and microphones you could speak into one and instantly the other person would hear you the other faster person would hear you. it wouldn't just be faster anywhere than in the universe well and this is the thing i think that what we'll learn this is just the hypothesis but i think we'll learn that there are energy restriction distance energy relationships okay we, but what about through masses well that's the thing if if i if i'm right and i don't think it's not special to me, but if this is possible and other folks are right, we could build a radio system that could transmit anywhere on planet Earth regardless of line of sight. Like no matter where you were, even if you were on the opposite side of the world, you could send a very high bandwidth signal, faster than any network today. It would It's so fast, it's hard to imagine, we call it a hyper So wait, you're telling me a technology that... You're saying already exists that's 30 years old? I believe it is. I believe IBM yeah. yeah, put out every It would destroy internet the internet. It would destroy, it would destroy every cable network. It would be so disruptive. 
because everybody would be their own server. So, so you know, so you would you would set up your computer the same way, but and you would have an address. Of Wait, set up just like the RAD terminal. Just like the RAD terminal, but that radio component would be sending and receiving through what we can only call quantum space or subspace. So it really is just about the transceiver, but a quantum transceiver would be able to do so instantaneously regardless of line of sight. Mind blown. Yeah, and that's something we're going to work on. It, is it likely that we'll be able to do it or reverse engineer what IBM did 30-some years ago? I don't know. But you know what? we got to get beyond the society where people say you don't get to do this or you can't do this. I'm we not going to give up, Dan. I've already decided I'm going to die on this hill. Uh, this is a journey we're on together. So the next project, and again, I'm not going to rattle through these too quickly, but we've been going a long time, and I just want to make sure we hit things the right way here, yeah. you know. But um, the next project is what I call Project View, and it's a simple idea. It's going to build on the, the RAD drone concept. I want to deploy an array of RAD drones that are specifically designed to be high-altitude little micro-observatories. Again, pointed towards the stars. I don't care if you're having sex with your dog in your backyard. These cameras will not be pointed down. They'll be pointed up. And, 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 and to network these together... Hubble-esque. Not so high. High enough. Here's the deal. Once yeah, you yeah, get well, a, yeah, I get it. Just why they buy, build them in the mountains yeah. now. Well, this will know. be capable of being at an altitude beyond any fucking mountain. Yeah. I mean, there's no mountain on Earth that would be able to get this high. And at this altitude, an array of these things, even if they were simple cameras yeah, and by array, themselves. Yeah, you know, I guess two. All you need is two to get the 3D aspect. Yeah, but, but dude, imagine a thousand. Imagine all around the Earth, every direction. This could be a way to detect a near-Earth object that's dangerous because you could have this all around the planet. I prefer the mystery. You, I'll let you head that project. <laughs> okay. The next one up is what I call Project Vacuum, and, it, and it's related to the drones. This I like. Um, okay, so this story begins in 2017. I was, having, I was having coffee, hanging out with my friend Jim Davidson, and he was talking about science fiction stories he's, he'd read, and we had been talking about you know this idea, the condo at 100,000 feet. Because I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to design a lighter-than-aircraft that can get to 100,000 feet, stay there for a few weeks. Maybe it has to go down periodically to recharge, whatever. But essentially, it's a stable condo. Because I remember when I saw the fucking Red Bull video, the one thing that struck me was how fucking silent and still everything was. And they'll say things like, well, Dan, there are 100-mile-per-hour winds at 100,000 feet, but it's not just the speed, it's the mass. There's not a lot of stuff moving around. So yeah, even there's if, no atoms to hit you, to, to move you, that are moving 100 miles an hour. Yeah, so even if it is, it's like, well, that's no big. That's that's not a big deal. That's not going to hurt you. Yeah. It's, um, it's like if someone says a bee can fly 50 miles an hour, and maybe it can, but if it hits me, it's not going to do much. You know? <laughs> um, so I thought, wouldn't it be cool to construct a ship that is like you know, basically a 1,000 square foot condo that could stay efficiently suspended and we'd increase the amount of time, maybe even permanently, at 100,000 feet. You could you could have a glider system to go down. The slider can take you down and up, dude. And the slider is your wild, taxi. Yeah, okay. Wild. Well, okay, we were talking and Jim mentioned the story because we were talking about lighter than aircraft 
and what they're capable of. And he mentioned a concept from a science fiction story called the vacuum ship. And the concept behind the vacuum ship is kind of simple. Imagine you had a material strong enough that it could that it would be light that it would be light enough that it would be negligible if compared to like let's say the envelope of a hot air balloon but strong enough to contain a vacuum yeah i mean if you want to ask yourself what's lighter than hydrogen nothing literally nothing is lighter than hydrogen which means the vacuum yeah. if you want to have something lighter than hydrogen there is nothing now, that's it use your imagination this envelope is big like it's going to because it goes so high, there's so few, there's so little. Yeah, it's it's we're kind of talking about a pretty big scale. If, well, if, well, here's if, the thing: basic... one of the first test versions I feel like we should build will be the the hot the hot air balloon powered by a bat a car battery. Like it, we won't even be able to fly in it. Like it might just be strong enough to lift the car battery and maybe a simple remote control system that that our rad terminal uses. Dude, sure. our rad terminal could send messages. By the way, if you're into remote control shit, it won't be able to do the fast real-time agility shit. But if you're doing remote control drone stuff where they can take simple commands, uh-huh. our rad terminal could com- theoretically send commands to your drones. Descend here, descend yeah. there. Anyways, I feel like one of the... Ver- Anyways, the idea is this. And, and, and when, I, when Jim was talking to me, and again, I studied history in school, so maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. I studied a couple different things. I studied software engineering too. But I studied history, and I had an interest in the history of technology for a long time. During World War I, they would build these, these biplanes. So like you'd have these two wings, one on top of the other. And the generally the consensus at the time was that that is how you created a plane that was aerodynamically, structurally sound. You couldn't do it with a single wing. Now, the two wings also meant more drag. Sure. In a lot of situations, a lot more drag. So if you could get down to one wing, there's less drag. But the, but the consensus was, no, but we don't build wings that strong and it's impossible, blah, blah, blah. D- between World War One and World War Two, there was a revolution with respect to uh, aerospace engineering where they took the structure that was outside of the wing and they put it inside. And they actually made the wing stronger. And they actually started you know, using more metals. You know, so that by the time you get to World War II, planes were pretty much, most of them were metal. You know, it doesn't mean that they were all made out of steel, but they were all made out of some type of metal. And, and you know, yeah, there were still a few that had some balsa wood, this, and, you know, there was the spruce goose, but they were pretty much all metal. So you say, Dan, what is that random tangent all about? Here's the problem. We can build vacuum... Um, seal bags we can build bags capable capable of keeping a vacuum we can do that but we can't make them strong enough to maintain anything uh, more than a minimal vacuum which means that whatever stuff is in there you can you know how you have a vacuum seal bag just and you suck out all the air oh yeah it all compresses down yeah well what if i said this what if we could do, with respect to the vacuum ship, what they did with wings after World War I? Which is that, what if we could take a structure and put it in there that behaved like, as if there was scaffolding, holding the bag open so you could have a vacuum? But there's nothing there. It's zero mass. And the thing is, well, Dan, what magical thing has zero mass but exerts force? Magnet. Well, magnets, right. Magnetic force. 
And, and it's not that simple, folks. I think that there are some simple tests you could do with cylinders that wouldn't be too crazy. It's going to be more complicated. It's why I said people who work with plasmas, these are the people we want to hire because they're going to be the ones that help us solve the problem. But I'm of the opinion that managing the vacuum in some given system is equivalent to solving the problem of, const of constraining plasmas. And it's not a stretch it. of the imagination. They're, they're, they're so squishy. Behaviorally, they don't want to stay contained. They want to go. The vacuums want to collapse. Plasmas want to go someplace. But what they have in common is they want to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Whatever, whatever ground state they're heading towards, that's where they want to go. A plasma wants to lose its energy and find a way to do it. And so if you want to maintain fusion, you have to keep it from hitting the side. of. The, it's not just that you don't want to have a fusion reactor meltdown. It's that, that once that happens, your temperature drops. You're, you're not a fusion reactor anymore. You're just a plasma waiting to destroy a facility. <laughs> um, what we want to do is use magnetic fields to create a vacuum envelope for a vacuum ship. And I'm of the belief that if we can do that, that allows us to go a lot of cool places, which we're going to talk about next. I think we can design a vacuum ship based upon that program that with some efficient gondola design. And, and when I say the gondola, if you've ever seen the Hindenburg or the blimps or whatever... There's or that, the blimp episode of Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the metal part that has the engine, engine array yeah, on yeah, it? The bottom the Structure, part. the bottom part. That's the gondola. I think we can design an efficient gondola that, once again, would behave not like a, a reentry vehicle, but in this case would behave like a miniature space shuttle with, with essentially you know, heat shield underneath it and stuff, all that. So even if you had catastrophic failure in the vacuum canopy, you could detach as a little shuttle and glide back to Earth. So that we're, we're going to design a gondola designed for space. It's also going to have a rocket engine on it. Ideally designed so we can recharge using solar energy off of ice we find in space. So we're going to design it so you, if you can find ice, you can make fuel, you can make air, you've got to come up with food, you can dump your poop in space, right? <laughs> but the idea is it's going to be a single, a, basically a single stage to orbit hybrid dirigible. And we're going to design it so it will have the ability to move around the world um, as a dirigible to find an optimal you know, orbit entry point. So when people say, well, what about, optimal, what about optimal orbit entry? Well, you're going to be able to move around the world as a dirigible, and then you can kick in your engine, you know, your, your main engine full speed, and that engine can be optimized. What people don't know is, is that the nozzle of a rocket engine has to be optimized for layers of atmosphere and air pressure. Well, guess what? We can optimize everything for the vacuum. Because you're pretty much at the vacuum where you're going to launch. And then you launch from 20 miles, you're going to be hitting orbital speed in a matter of a few minutes. You're in orbit. That is going to be the next project after we develop the first vacuum ship. And I think it's going to be hard. I mean, I think figuring out a way to contain a vacuum, rather not just contain it, but prevent a vacuum from imploding... That's what we're talking about using magnetic fields. It's going to be tricky, but I think it's doable. Dan, everything, everything you just talked about, like I said, I think had we started this route 
when the technology was first available. If we had kept freedom in mind, I think we'd have all this. Dan. Yeah, we I would. Mean, I, the, the, you forget the FAA told the farmers they couldn't fly their own crop dusters. The FCC told us that we had to have a license to operate a radio. Learned helplessness. Exactly. Well, these you know? these barriers were created for a reason. They don't want us to go here for whatever reason. I mean, but as we talked we're about, being lied you know, to, it's funny though. We talked about with the FCC. What has the FCC really ever really actually done to anybody? Fuck all. Nothing. Nothing. Dude, like uh, oh, a couple angry of seasons. Okay, so the the story that popped up on Google was a oh, ham operator charged with blah 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 blah. FCC. Okay, the FCC never got involved. True, the FBI does not like it when you make bomb threats. Yeah. So that's what happened. Yes, he was a ham operator, but they spun the whole story to scare people. Don't do crime. You know, yeah, oh, ridiculous. So this next one's a little bit out there, and I, I'm not even sure that Justin and I will agree to do it. Like I put it there because I've thought about it. Hopes and dreams, folks. Hopes and dreams. And also, you might get the wrong idea. But when I was a kid, there was this dude named DB Cooper, and he and he skyjacked an airplane around about Washington State, and and he jumped out of the airplane. And, you know, my dad, who was a logger in Washington State, used to, you know, he used to hope and dream he'd come across the hundreds of thousands of whatever dollars D.B. Cooper had. I don't know. But I was thinking about this. Every time I fly, I hate flying. By the way, you know, if we ever do get the vacuum ship to work, we're going to start an airline and it's going to be comfortable and it's going to be cool and you're going to be able to see the curvature of the earth. Luxury. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're talking about... Incredible airships 20 miles up. But that being said, if a plane catastrophically fails, no matter what you do, you're probably going to die. And so there's no way to guarantee that you won't die. But what if you could buy a suit you could wear onto an airplane that if there was a catastrophic failure, you could get out of the plane and deploy it You'd you'd have a you'd have a system with a parachute. You'd have oxygen on board. Um, you could terminator your way out through the plane wall. You could, yeah! you could, I mean, I jaws of, the jaws of life yeah. for hands. I mean, once you you'd hope that once you unbuckle your seatbelt, you'll get sucked out. Yeah, but it's not always that simple, no. man. But it'll be made out of Kevlar and made out of carbon fiber, so or that iron. This is a fucked up idea. But <laughs> I think it's doable. Why? You know, this is the thing. This is the most fucked up idea on the list. But <laughs> I really think you could build a suit that you could wear onto an airplane and survive a catastrophic <laughs> Because more than a few times, I got ship face drunk flying and I imagined <laughs> using my jacket. I said to myself, okay, think about it. You're at 30,000 feet, you're flying over Wisconsin. There's a buttload of lakes everywhere. True or false? Oh, yeah. Sure. So you're flying over Wisconsin. you got a nice big business jacket. Okay. If terminal velocity for a human falling from any altitude is around 150 miles an hour, you don't want to hit the water going that fast. But what if you can get yourself down to like 80 and then do that whole <laughs> 007 Moonraker thing where you just get yourself aerodynamic. Skinny pencil doom dive, I call you know, it. it can be, you can do it two ways. You can do that or you can do the whole... Skip on the water a bit and slow down. That's scary. That's yeah. scary. But the point is, what if you, what if you can get down to seventy? 
What if you can get down to the speed that people hit when they jump off those cliff, the cliff diving people? Look, it reminds me of uh, the first model rocket I ever made. Now, it was my first, <laughs> so it wasn't the expensive one, and it didn't have so the I, I really it thought, had the yeah. ribbon. It had, yeah. it had that long ribbon. So yeah. the ribbon deploys, and it just flaps in the wind. Yeah. Dude, if you had, oh gosh, 100 feet of a real fine, like real thin plastic ribbon, yeah. you know, maybe a foot wide... Oh man, you know something strong that's not going to rip. Could you imagine how much flapping that would be? Oh yeah, and how yeah, much that would slow you, slow you down. I mean, probably. I don't know. That's why model rockets had those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, they worked. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, I don't know with a human. I mean, really. listen, this is the craziest item, and we don't want to dwell on the craziest item. But like I said, I would ruminate and think on this when I would fly, and this is before I saw the movie Fight Club. <laughs> you know, where you talk about how he thought about the plane. He was thinking about the financial side. I was thinking more of, okay, if I'm flying over Wisconsin and the plane catastrophically fails, why not get out of the plane, get my jacket, kind of like so it slows me down. Oh my God, see, that's the devil telling the dog, <laughs> you're giving away the devil's secrets. And like, see. I, I, I think yeah. I've got to go. If you wrap this up, Dan, these dogs have got to go. So Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. These dogs are going crazy. They've gone completely crazy. It's just the thing that happens. It's that time of night madness. Madness from the dogs, but I'll wrap it up for me and Justin. Um, I'm kind of joking about the D.B. Cooper jacket outfit, but you get the point, though. That would be pretty slick. The next up is Project Mars, and the idea is to build on the vacuum ship, to build on the single stage, the orbit ship, but to go beyond, um, you know, a Newtonian drive, which is basically your rocket drive, your chemical rocket, or any type of rocket is using simple, you know, action-reaction Newtonian mechanics to create propulsion. And what we want to do, and again, it's probably impossible, is develop synthetic gravity. Because with synthetic gravity, you, you could almost see it like the chicken, not, not the chicken and the egg, but like the carrot and the horse thing. You can create potentially an attractive force that would pull you through space-time. Again, theoretical, but in theory, it means you could get up to like maybe percentages of the speed of light. So going to Mars, instead of taking three months, could maybe happen in three hours. Um, it's something we want to work on. After that, the next logical step is the nearest star. And I know you're saying, Dan, this is crazy. You're like a hobo man living in a basement. There's no fucking way. I don't care. If you want to think about Ukraine and think about Russia and worry about that shit, that's okay. That's your life. Me personally, I can't control their nonsense and in a lot of cases, I think it is just nonsense. So I'm not going to talk about the Ukraine, okay? What we would do after Mars is go to the nearest star. Now you'd say, well, Dan, that's crazy. How could you do it? Well, there are lots of people developing ideas. One idea that we're thinking about has to do with what I would call space-time cavitation. If we are able to develop synthetic gravity that we can, that we can actually focus and direct... Potentially, the next step after that is to create a kind of space-time cavitation or you can almost think of it like boiling space-time 
or even reducing the local density of space-time. Now you might say, well, Dan, what do you get out of that boiling space-time? Well, here's what you get. You don't get a wormhole, okay? But the thing about wormholes is that to do anything useful, you have to use catastrophically dangerous amounts of energy that no feasible ship will ever generate. But what if instead of doing a wormhole, what you do is you build a mole drive. You know how moles tunnel, tunnel through the ground? They don't instantly build the tunnel, they dig through the dirt and eventually they got their tunnel. What if you could do the same thing with space-time, where you could essentially tunnel through space-time by reducing the density of space-time? So let's say you're in orbit around Mars, better yet Jupiter, because it's so far out in terms of distance that even light takes a while. So you're in orbit around Mars and you turn on the system. Well, what will happen at first is what you want to do is turn on the system and direct it at a specific astronomical object. So you can almost think of it like a kind of um, gravitational slingshot, but not really. It's more like a gravitational suction. What you'll do is as you go around and orbit uh, Jupiter, every time you get within line of sight of your intended destination, you turn on the system and it will, it will pull you. It will actually have gravitational pull relative to the distance. The more you do this, the more you will actually go into higher orbits and eventually get out of Jupiter's orbit. And then as you get closer and closer to your target, its gravitational force relative to you in relatively low density space time will become stronger and stronger. And I don't think any of this will be linear. So in theory, you would project this, you know, synthetic gravity cavitation in the direction of some celestial body with some negligible, negligible you know, micro-gravitational pull. And the, the effect of this will be to make that pull stronger because the density of the space-time is less. Again, this sounds crazy. It might not be feasible. But if it is feasible, it would be a way potentially to travel faster than the speed of light. It will, it will be a building process, which means that, you know, at first you won't be going that fast. But probably, you know, it'll be nonlinear. So within a matter of minutes, you're probably going, you know, like Star Trek Warp 1 or something. I don't know. Whatever Warp 1 is. We want to work on lasers, but specifically we want to work on extremely high energy narrow wavelength lasers like for example and and it's I don't know that if anyone's done it yet if they have we're going to find out because we have a use for it but we're going to work on developing an x-ray and a gamma ray laser and and before you say Dan you sound like Edward Teller and you sound insane it might not be possible to do this but I believe that if you can do this this might be the key to what you could call synthetic matter or the manipulation of, of particles and um, atomic scale particles, like the creation of protons, the creation of neutrons. I think that this might be one of those tools that we'll need if we want to do that to create synthetic matter. And so, and, it's, and it is related to this whole developing a warp drive concept. We're going to have to develop tools that allow us to manipulate matter on a quantum scale. And so something like a gamma ray laser might enable that. And it's gonna be difficult, probably impossible. 
We want to send an expedition to Antarctica. I know that sounds crazy, but it's part of our vision. If we have the money, we want to sponsor people to go to Antarctica, arguably using one of our vacuum ships as like the main mothership for mapping and whatnot. And yeah, we want to do that. We want to actually map it. We want to go. And if you say, well, you don't get to do that, I want to know why. I'm not asking you to pay for it. I'll come up with the fucking money. But we want to go do it. And and there are lots of reasons, okay? Part of it is just the question of adventure. You know, one thing about our company that we're forming is baked into the philosophy is life is crazy. And so one of the interesting, crazy things I'd love to do before I die, if I have the money, is go on an expedition to Antarctica. Even if I'm seeing it from a dirigible from 20 miles up, I think that'd be pretty cool. So... We do not know if this is possible, but if there is a particle that has a kind of energy consumptive, I don't want to say endothermic because that doesn't really apply to the quantum scale, but if there is a particle that is energy absorptive in the sense that it can absorb one photon, for example, uh, and cancel it out, we're going to try to look for that because what we're trying to do is develop a technology, you can call it a freeze ray, but it's not that. Um, you can call it an antiphoton is the particle, but it's really not because antiphotons are these negative wavelength photons and they're not considered anti-energy. You could call it anti-energy, but we're looking for a particle called an antiphoton, called anti-energy, that cancels out another photon and thereby reduces the amount of energy in a system. And it's not a free lunch. We're not looking for a free lunch here. It's going to cost something. There's no violation of the laws of thermodynamics. It's just a transformation that, that, that has a fee, a cost. It'll be an energy cost. But the idea is to create this, this system. And, you know, you might, I don't know. I was thinking we could work with positrons potentially almost like a free positron laser and potentially excite positrons to produce the particle. But however we produce the particle, in theory, if you had this kind of negative energy, this would be a solution to the problems of, of radioactive waste and the danger of radioactivity. This type of system, in theory, wouldn't just protect people from radiation. It could, in theory, um, again, not a free lunch. You'd have to pump energy through it. But in theory, you could accelerate the rate at which radioactive waste decays. So if there's a ground state where it's harmless, and, and the book says it'll take 10,000 years, maybe with this technology, you can do it in 10 minutes. And again, I know that sounds completely crazy, but if we could develop a technology like that that could essentially eliminate nuclear waste um, and, and, and potentially make nuclear very safe, uh, relatively speaking, because it would be an emergency system you could use in an emergency. You could use it to shower an area with this negative energy. Um, a lot of lives would be saved. Um, a lot of parts of this country, this world could be recovered again if we could treat and manage nuclear waste in a reasonably sane way. So we're going to work on this. It sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. We want to work on the problem of synthetic matter, but I'm of the opinion that we should try to solve the gamma ray problem first in terms of the gamma ray laser. I, 
I think synthetic matter is interesting, but it's way out there. We want to do an open PHP project. Now you can say, Dan, PHP programming language is already open. That's not what I mean, okay? There are currently organizations and companies that manage the code for PHP, and as much as I love the language, I don't really love the organizations currently managing it. So we're going to do what I would call an open PHP project. And what this is going to involve is not just an open modular PHP that people can, um, that people can do customization for themselves. It's going to have built into it what I would call a pure PHP web server mode. So essentially, with this PHP, you're going to get a web server that out of the box works with PHP seamlessly to do a lot of really cool stuff, especially if you're running the server locally. If you're running it locally, we're going to set it up so PHP can even generate, you know, window type applications, not just render web pages, but render, you know, graphical user interfaces that you can interact with. So we're going to create a kind of application server around PHP, 100% open source, 100% right to repair. And along with that, we're going to bake into it a, a simple database serialization engine for a lot of problems that don't need to be complicated. Like you, you probably need to work with a relational database for a non-trivial problem, but there are a lot of programming problems where you just need a simple database. Well, we're going to build a simple database built into PHP so that people can have more control over the serialization and the stability of the variables they use in their scripts. So this is going to be pretty cool. Um, next up, what's up, dude? I didn't realize. I'm, I'm not quite done. I'll, you can come in if you want to. Okay. You, you I know. Dude, I'm just moving along. Um, the next one's really hard. It, it's a material science problem. It's a physics problem. And if we can solve it, a whole bunch of things. Computing, solar power, you name it. Power generation will be revolutionized if we can solve this. And, and this is why this is 10 years out probably because we'll have to have money. We'll have to have a team. It's going to be really hard. This will revolutionize radio construction. Like you'll be able to have a radio. You know how we were talking about the Gatling gun transmission? Oh, yeah, yeah, We are going to put together a team when we have the money to do wild, crazy stuff to work on a inexpensive, which means available. Inexpensive in a world of resources means it's available. It's not like some finite resource. We're going to find a way to make an inexpensive, synthetic, Equivalent to copper and malleability, equivalent in temperatures in terms of its destruction, its ability to stay stable, superconductor. And you say, well, what do we get from a superconductor? We get a whole bunch of things. One thing is you get power transmission without loss. So you could literally set up solar power stations around the equator that are every day pulling in optimum amounts of solar energy because they're at the perfect spot and they could be pumping energy everywhere else. So the light side of the earth could be quite literally powering the dark side if you had cheap, structurally stable, semi-superconduction. Superconduction literally means conduction without loss. All, and it also does really spooky things with magnetic forces. All these maglev trains you say, you know, they talk about maglev trains and whatnot. 
they're using superconducting magnets, really powerful superconducting magnets. It's really amazing stuff what you can do with superconduction. Um, you probably could make a radio that would do everything you'd want your radio to do without any thermal issues really to speak of. And it could be broadcasting incredible amounts of information without any heating issues or any of that. Hmm. And with much less power, power drain. So, so right now, if your radio can be powered by that battery for like, let's say it can be powered by the battery for a day or two with a, with a radio design with superconducting um, architecture, that radio might be powered by it. Well, basically, the, the battery is going to naturally drain. So whatever the natural drain rate is of the battery, that might be how long it could power the fucking... Wild. Yeah. It's that crazy. Superconduction makes electric cars less insane. Like, right, especially if it's cheap. The key word, folks, is not rare earths, not 10-year-old kids in Nigeria digging for crap that's that you need for your mobile phone. I I don't want I know that we need to have certain elements to solve certain problems. I'm not stupid. But one of the goals of radengineering.tech is to be empowering in such a way that we're not trapped and we're not trapping others because of our technology. Our technology is supposed to liberate us. It's not supposed to keep us in a fucking trap. Let's not um, turn our backyard into our, our open pit mine. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If you can develop a superconducting material that is cheap enough to produce that it would be equivalent to copper extraction at least, and it's and it's just as abundantly capable in terms of production. So you can make as much of it as you need to, and it's that cheap. The world does change, and it also like some of these problems. Like, how would you create synthetic gravity? How would you how would you create a vacuum ship? If you solve the superconduction problem, the vacuum ship problem gets easier. Sure, you can you could build really lightweight extraordinarily powerful magnets that are have a low power drain and you could be like we could be building like miniature vacuum suits vacuum ship suits where people could just fly around with a little motor a little motor that pulled <laughs> like yeah they could just be dragged around like Is that a little a jetson's noise yeah you know it's a little electric motor that's above them that sticks out they could go around a city maybe at 10 miles an hour i mean honestly we just don't know what's possible yeah. um so we got one more item and then we're done. And this has been, I know this has been a long time. Fuck, dude. A few hours, dude. It's crazy. One more item and we're done. Um, we did avoid the dog mutiny, however, so. Yeah. So in all this stuff, in this rad manifesto, we've been going through it with commentary. Guess what? That's the best way to go through it. In all of this, we want to foster culture, community, society, civilization, whatever you want to call it, where young people are mentored and involved in occupations and potential that can make the world a better place. So it's not going to be how we make money. But as we're doing what we're doing, we want to make sure that we're not just strip mining the world for smart people that we can pay very little and then just dump someplace. We want to build strong communities. When you know, a lot of people talk about STEM. We need STEM. We need more women in STEM. Guess what? 
We want to have more women in STEM. We want to have more men in STEM. We want anybody who's interested to be in STEM. It's like the rad terminal. The rad terminal isn't going to work unless people want to make it work, which means they have to want to participate. You have to want to turn on the fucking thing. You can't just stare at it all day. You can't just buy it and pretend it's there. You've got to use it. You've got to test it. Even if you're buying it for emergencies, you should probably turn it on just once a fucking week. Make sure you know how to use it. Make sure it's calibrated. I mean, any number of things. Know how to use it. It's very important. If you buy our kit, if you buy our kit... You're buying a computer too, so you're buy, You know, if you buy the full kit, you're buying a computer also, which means that you don't really have to have another computer. No. You don't want to, and we're going to try to design it in such a way that we can match. We we won't necessarily make it, but we can match options of solar power supply, so that you could have an all-in-one kit that would fit in your backpack. The Bioino is possible right now. It's just not within the realm of possibility for us to obtain, yeah. to test, to demo. Yeah. To, to program, right. to, to fit into the compartment that it's going to fit into. Yeah. We just can't afford to work with that technology yeah. right now. Yeah. Or else we would, Dan. Yeah. I mean, because that everything that we need to yeah. build the RAD terminal that will be out by Christmas already exists. Yeah. It's... So, so and, and that's what our goal is. Yeah. Bottom line is, we're not going to succeed. None of us are going to succeed if we don't care or are unconcerned about young people getting involved in engineering, math, science, and technology. So if you're asking yourself, what do we care about in addition to all this other stuff, these crazy technologies that sound impossible, or you might say, Dan, I know six people working on this and they say it's impossible. You know, folks, I got people telling me shit every day that's impossible, and we found out a lot of stuff on this project so far where they try to put up a little rubber cone and say, don't go here. But it is just a rubber cone. You can pick it up and lay it aside, and you can keep moving on. And there's not even anybody supervising. No, there's not. There's not. But what we want to do is make sure that there are kids out there, the next generation, who feel the same way. Yeah, that... that are empowered one by freedom and, and to do I, the and things that they can do. Exactly. And it's not about race or gender or any of that bullshit. It's about human beings feeling confident and capable to solve problems. Yeah, any and, problem. You know, because if you want to know where violence comes from, it comes from all kinds of sources. So I won't oversimplify. But one of the sources of violence is this is this frustration point that people reach when they can't solve problems. They look for somebody to blame. They'll even come up with religions of blame to try to rationalize how they can't solve the problem, but they got to take the blame and the pain and put it someplace else to, to displace it. It's sometimes called displacement. Um, none of us want that. You know, none of us want that to happen. We don't want to live in a Mad Max world. Well, one of the ways we avoid that is by raising people who can solve problems. Because if you're out there solving them, you're not out there blowing shit up or killing people or taking out revenge on people because you can't charge your iPhone. You know? So it's something that's critical. It's like going to be one of those things we do. No, it's not going to be how we make money directly, but it is how we succeed. Yeah, as, a, as, a, as a species. As yeah. <laughs> and finally, one more thing. Whatever we do, even though I do believe, and I'm, I am going to write an essay on this when I get enough time, even though I do believe within a certain realm of time 
time travel is possible. We're not doing time travel. It's just too fucking dangerous. It's too dumb. Even if we could do it, we're not doing it, right? I, I'm too scared. Dude. And I mean, if we did it already, we shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing becomes a big freaking trope of itself, a joke of itself. We're not doing time travel. If you're wondering if we're going to do catastrophically dangerous shit, the answer is no. And time travel's on the list, so not doing time travel. Anyways, that was me and Justin and us talking through what you could call the the roadmap in a very rough way, the vision of radengineering.tech. And we really do hope we hit all these goals. And what we hope beyond it is the human race does. It doesn't have to be us. But it'd be really great if we had the creativity turned on again. And one way to do it is to give up on the fear. Yeah. This doesn't sound like the beginning of a dark age to me. It sounds no. like a beginning of a whole new realm of possibilities that have been withheld from us for so well, long. Well, imagine America in 1900 and the Wright brothers. Yeah. You know, if the Wright brothers had had a lawyer, they would have convinced them to patent everything and trademark everything. And I don't think we would have gotten anywhere. It would have never happened. They would have been grifted out of there. Dude, we would have had biplanes into the 70s. Of, hey, <laughs> did you take the inverbulator today? It's been proven safe by the legal coalition of northern aviation. It's like, fuck. Yeah, I took the rattling, the rattling Rizzy. But the point is, we would have had shitty biplanes taking us short distances in the 70s if we treated creativity 100 years ago the way we treat it today. Yep, you know? yep, you're, you're spot on, Dan. So, anyways, if you want to know what we want to do, we want to do what we can until we can't, and then we want to try something else. That's what we want to do at Rad Engineering. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the vision. I hope you understood the crazy. I hope you know that currently we need money uh, just to, just to keep the lights on. And for a certain amount of money, if, if you're willing to, we're willing to form an LLC, get it formal, make you a shareholder, which means you will get paid on an annual basis if there's a profit, right? Yeah. It's that fucking simple. We'll have to work out the share structure. You know, there's work to be done. But if you're asking yourself, well, what if this is a grift? Listen, we're anti-grift, but that's what every grifter says, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It's like, you know, so what I can tell you is that we'll do this completely legally when we have the money to do it. We don't have the money to form a proper LLC yet. We had enough money to buy a domain name, and I had some web space, website space, and we could spin something up for our brochureware, and that's great. But we need money just to be able to make it formal, so... If you're out there, I think this is a big opportunity, way beyond just making money. This is about survival. Because if things kind of fall apart with the technologies we've all, you know, come to believe cannot be stopped, you're going to need a way if you want to maintain a certain level of society to communicate, to share information, even if it's tiny bits of information, like a weather report. A weather report's not that big. A temperature, a wind speed, it's nothing. This system would allow, even at the low bandwidth CB level, a distributed system of weather stations where you could get updates every 10 minutes. Yeah. Every 10 minutes. Very simple. And, I mean, we're talking life-changing stuff here. Yeah. Uh, to an to a area that's blacked out, another storm is coming could save... 
hundreds and hundreds of lives. Fishing reports. You could do if you're into camping. Fishing reports. If you're live from the lake. In the middle of nowhere, on the top of a mountain. Yeah, if you do travel logs, this will be a travel log. And and if the internet's working where you're at... It you, goes straight to the net you and go everybody straight to the sees net. it. That's right. And, you know, the notes application is currently calibrated as a text note system. So you, you post the text. You don't get hyperlinks. You don't get to use any YouTube links. I mean, you can put them in there, but they'll just show up as text. Um, it's roughly 1,900 characters, which is a little bit more than a page, but roughly a page. But we're, we're going to try to keep track of things. We don't know if we can afford to give everyone in the world more than maybe a thousand of these pages. But we're going to give you 10 books worth of text on the Notes app. So the combination of, you know, again, you, you can write a page note and have it sent in the series. You're going to say it's going to take you, shit, 1,900 pages. That's going to take you a couple, I mean, 900 characters. That'll take a couple hours at the speeds we're thinking yeah, right now. Maybe yeah. an hour. Maybe an hour. Half an hour. Let's see. No, maybe a half an hour. Maybe. Maybe an hour, right? So let's say it takes an hour. Every hour you could upload a page related to a travel log. Yep. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. You're in the Amazon. You're in Antarctica. And you are uploading a travel log to the notes application. Um not just to the notes website, but to every other station that can hear you, it's being loaded into their own version of the notes application. I mean, this is pretty cool stuff. With the radio infrastructure currently in place in the world, what you just described is possible. Yeah, well, it's what we're going to enable. And realistically, we're still polishing out the software. I had to complete an offline map system because the map system I use for notes is, is incompatible. Well, it's leaflet. It uses open open maps, and the problem we is can't pay for it. We can't pay for it, but so the only way we can use it is if the internet's working, and we're trying to design this so it can work if the internet's not working. Exactly, so, that's the whole point here. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I had to spend some time this week on on a Maidenhead. If you're into ham radio, you know the Maidenhead grid system. It's a Maidenhead navigator. I think non-ham people will be able to use it just as easily. It's not quite done yet. But when that's done and the Python bridge is done, we're going to install the software on Justin's computer. We're going to do a lot of testing. And when the testing's complete, we'll install the software. I mean, actually, I'm going to have the encoder online. So the dude, remote dude's doing it. They could just use the encoder and just manually paste a line at a time. Sure. You know, so the encoder is going to be a JavaScript tool online anyways. But the encoder will allow you to encode a message that you would send one line at a time using JSA. So this would be you using JSA directly, not our software, but just using JSA so we could do testing that way to decode on our side. But what we'll try to do is we'll just try to set it up on... on. There's some people working with us, by the way, and if you're out there and you want to work with us, we're trying to be careful about who we involve. Please understand our paranoia. But there are people working with us, and what we'll probably do next after that, which means two weeks from now, set the system up on our friends in other, in other states yeah, yep. and start doing that point-to-point testing. Exactly. And then once we're doing that, folks, it's this, all we need is funding and customers, customers and funding, which are kind of connected, but that's what we need. We need customers. Also, we're going to a prepper trade show in April, April 22nd, 23rd. It's the Be Prepared Expo or something. Yep, in Sandy, Utah, yeah. April 22nd. 
We'll be there two days. We're going to give a one-hour class. Yeah. Uh, basically, we're going to blow these people's minds because I guarantee you these people, they don't know what's possible. Yeah. They, they want what we have. Uh, we're selling basically how we're, how, we're, how we're marketing this is free for life, off-grid internet. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what this enables you. You want a recipe? You've got a recipe. You want the weather? Get the weather. You need the news? Get the news. you got something to sell? Sell it. That's, in a nutshell, what this rad terminal is being designed to, to do, to allow somebody to completely cut the cord. And to allow commerce in a world where people can only use CB radios. Exactly. Where that's your... Or, or I should say, they can use CB radios and any other radio they can get a hold of. Like, we're going to move... We are going to move up the spectrum, like it, like the motto says. The frequency in, is the limit. The frequency is the limit, and so we're not limited. And so, yeah, we're going to be at the Be Prepared Expo. We're going to be teaching a class. I, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to, we're going to Wagon Master 390 is going to come live stream. So it's going to be, it's going to be on the YouTube, a mainstream channel that's not tanked. Like this guy, if you look for it, you'll be able to find it because unless they like preempt us and he shoots himself in the foot. I might dress up like Chris Farley as homage, like and talk about being a man down by the river. I might do that. I don't know. But um it's gonna be good and, yeah. and we're gonna be educating people on something they can do right now. We're gonna do this because we think we're gonna build awesome products, but anybody out there could do this. If they wanted to, the only thing that they require is the courage to do it. The reality is, whether it's the bulletin board system, the note system, zero login. I mean, think about the bulletin board. You can go to a McDonald's, post a message. All they're going to know is somebody at McDonald's posted a message. You encrypt it. You're able to pass a message to somebody else using our bulletin board today. And once that's connected to other bulletin boards that are also connected to CB radios, yeah, you have what you have is the beginning of a new internet separating. Mm -hmm. Like it's still connected. There's still yeah, cords. And, and that's how we, from the beginning, we have intended this yeah. company, this this engineering company. We exist in the world that we have. Which right now we live in two worlds. We live in a world that on TV it says, "Oh, the economy is recovering. Oh, we may have a depression. Oh, we may have interest rates rise." This and that. Stock market's still going up. Don't yeah. worry. It's not the top. We're not crashing. A kaleidoscope of lies. We live in that world. Yeah. We also live in a world that we know shit is collapsing yeah. under its own weight. It's doomed to fail. Things that cannot go on forever will not go on forever. We're at the end of many cycles. Um, so we're in, we're in a world where we are attached to what we have. Yeah. But at a moment's notice... The RAD terminals do not need the World Wide Web. They have their own web established. So and when the lights are out, we're still there. And if we're and if we're efficient with the encoding, we can conduct commerce on CB radios, AM and FM. We can do it, which means that business can continue. It won't be the same. It won't be the same. It can't be the same. You won't have the same bandwidth. But would you be able to make sure that if there's food in City A, that they could deliver it to City B and maybe exchange in the process the gold, the silver, whatever else? We can make that happen so that the world can keep functioning. A mom and a dad might not be able to like send 10,000 tweets to their kid, but they might be able to do 10 tweets a day 
you know, and when I say tweet, I should say 10, no, 10 of these little notes a day. Well, that's, that's a lot if, if, if you're in a world where nothing else works. Yeah. You know? It's pretty incredible, yeah. And we're, and we're also, and this isn't mentioned in the list, but i got to mention it before we go. Right now, we have an encryption tool that uses code. I've, I've got the reference there. It's code from someone else's site. It's a JavaScript, a small JavaScript library um, based upon the AES. That's an encryption specification for symmetric encryption. Uh, the AES-256 cipher. And that's where we're starting. Our goal, because, you know, again, if you've got yourself in a Faraday cage and you're off their network and you're inside the browser, which means the JavaScript is running on your computer, our goal is to build an entire library. And we're not going to do it all ourselves. We're going to find stuff. We're going to reference it. If one day we can donate back to them, we're going to. We don't have any money right now. So we're going to properly source and use these libraries, and we're going to build a few ourselves. But we want to build a suite of JavaScript client-side libraries that allow you to encrypt information. Yep, from the little Honda Accord to the Abrams tank of encryption. Yeah, and, 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 and so if you're disconnected from the Internet, um, hell, even if you just run it as a page, a flat page inside of a browser off of a file you'll be able to use, these JavaScript libraries will load and you'll be able to do the encryption. So it's an offline encryption. It's a client-side encryption. You know, I believe the CPUs are owned, so a lot of this is futile if you're connected to the internet. But the reality is this. If you do believe you're protected with the JavaScript sandbox, we're going to build as rich a set of libraries for encryption using JavaScript as we can. And if you say, well, Dan, can I just right-click and view source, you can. Encryption standards should be public. It's the passwords. It's the phrase, secret phrases that you keep secret. You're going to be able to read our algorithms. Big deal. All of these are public algorithms. They're all out there. So there's, there is no secret, is my point, Justin. If you say it's AES-256 and a person's a computer scientist, they're going to understand how to write the algorithm themselves. They're going to know what they're looking like. There's no secret there. The secret is the secret. And that's going to be in your head till you type it in. If someone else has hacked your computer so they can watch what you're typing in, you're done anyway. Well, the way the, the key stroking would work is they would see the original message as you type it. Yeah. That's the need for a cold computer. But again, if you're on our network, they can't hack you. If you're no. on if you're on their network, and this is another reason why these lower bandwidth networks are cool, dude. Because if you're on our network, it's not just that you won't be able to do it; it just takes too much bandwidth to do it. And you know exactly what your computer is transmitting. Yeah, that you know the the path one, two, three, four, five, and you know that each step of the way, what is happening, and there's just no room. To fiddle fuck with something so small to augment it in any useful way in such a short path. Yeah. It's impossible. Well, right? the other thing, too, I was thinking about is like, okay, number one, we're going to also bake encryption into these RAD terminal CB communications, these radio communications. They Encryption will be an option because we, there are encryption algorithms we can work and so we're going to use. There are encryption algorithms we can use that will be functional, so we're going to do it. Um so, so even if you could read a message fragment, it would be encrypted and you wouldn't know what to do with it. But it's even better than that. Since we're sending these out in fragments, think about it. 
you encrypt a message, then you're sending them out in these small buffers of, let's say, 20 characters because we don't want to overheat yeah. the radios. Yeah, they're going to have line numbers for integration, but if you, but unless you have every line, you're not going to be able to decrypt it. So basically, you're going to have to have every line. So it means that message verification is built in with encryption, and we're going to do it. But we've had point. we've had very good results yeah. testing all this stuff. I mean, over over twenty miles on literally the shittiest equipment available. Boobs. We sent boobs. Yeah, I mean, over the cheapest equipment. Walmart antenna. Yes. Yes, like we're talking weekend warrior ghetto gear. And here's the other thing too. If you say, well, Dan, I live in a city. So what if, you know, here's my deal. If I lived in an apartment, I wouldn't, I would set up a souped up rad terminal node. I would set up an interweb node for everyone in the apartment so everyone can connect to it. And then that would be the retransmission station for CB or whatever else. That's Mm -hmm. what I would do if I lived in a shared, because that way everybody, now everyone can be networked with each other, which means every computer in that apartment. They all get the same weather report. And they can all be their own website in the apartment. Yep. They can all do that. There are ways of simply doing that. But on top of it, they all share the notes application on the core system so they can all be posting to each other. And so I, and so if someone says, well, Dan, what if everyone in the apartment complex puts up an antenna? That's not what's going to happen. No. What's going to happen is... That would be the most inefficient way to do this. That'd be dumb. So but, how it might work, though, is different people put up different band they might of antenna and you have different listening stations. Different options. And yeah. guess what? You add a power tag... I mean, I should say command tag, command tag send, and in this context, you would send to a server, and you'd say, go ahead and broadcast on this, because you're broadcasting on this frequency. There's lots of ways we're going to do this, and they're going to be easy, they're going to be something that we can train on, they'll be documented. I mean, At this point, if you can imagine it, basically you can do it. They're so... The room to run around in this technology is is expansive. I, yeah. I I keep telling people that we're building a stadium. I don't care if you play frisbee in it, soccer, football, rugby. I don't care. You play however you want. You, these parts they they're so nimble. Everything can, can fit. Together. You get the rad terminal. Let's say you live in a home where there are lots of computers and you're all networked with each other. You get one rad terminal. You get one decent radio. And you can connect all those other computers via your terminal, via your note server to the world. Yep. Yeah, they won't be able to do send bandwidth, you know, high bandwidth messages. But periodically, they can check notes. Oh, notes shows a message from, from Glumbo. He says the Schlimdick arrived and it's all okay. Well, that's good news, okay? And you know what? Messages will be short little funny messages again. Probably, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Anyways, this has been a long-ass podcast. But the reason why it was long is because we're talking about stuff that is going to end up in a business plan here in a couple weeks. Because, again, we have a couple of things we have to do. We have to complete a business plan. We're actually working on it right now. And we need to we need to complete a formal presentation, not just the one for the class, but the pitch. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. we do believe there's a huge investment opportunity here. This is a tool. The tools we're building are intended to be reusable, repairable, 
right to repair is going to be baked in. But above all else, they're like Swiss Army knives. And not, scalable to anything. It's scalable. And they're like Swiss Army knives. You buy the RAD terminal, you're not just going to get a RAD terminal. You're going to get a Linux computer. We're going to put a few games on it for you. We're probably even going to try to take a couple of their open source chess games and network them into, you know, hack their API and connect them to the RAD services layer via the radio. So you could actually use that really cool looking chess game, but be playing somebody somewhere else. Timbuktu. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff we're going to do. And yeah, we need money. I know I keep bringing it up, but that's the reality. We are fundraising right now. And we're fundraising because we are dirt, dirt, dirt ass poor. We're not ashamed. It's just where we're at right now. But we do have dreams and, and we do think we can innovate, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, we've come this far with so little and there's nothing, nothing standing in our way. Yeah. Like for, to the RAD terminal next year. Minus not having the cash to build it, to buy the components that we need to put it together. I mean, I would say the RAD terminal, in terms of building it and making it work, is a near certainty if we had the money. Okay. Um, pretty much a certainty. Exactly. A certainty. And so the whole everything... RAD network for CB radio is a done deal if we have the money, yep. I think. Oh, um, yes. yes. And then it's just a question of being efficient with lower bandwidth pipelines. You just yeah. have to be more efficient. That's the, where our technology yeah. is going to grow in the compression aspect of this. Yeah. What can we squeeze out of the bandwidth that we're working with? And then let's increase, let's, yeah. let's increase the frequency. Yeah, well, that's, that's why on my list, and I don't think you were here, but I talked about the gamma ray laser. Because we're, go, we're going to want to have the highest frequency communications technology we can possibly yep. develop. Yep. And that's, that's the top of the spectrum, dude. That's the, that's it. If you that's the Mount Everest, and and what we're going to use it for all kinds of things. And if someone else does it, we'll, we'll seek their help. You know, this isn't about ego. We do want to do some pretty cool stuff, but we don't have to do it all ourselves. You know? We're trying. This is freedom. We're yeah. selling it freedom. Get in on the ground floor of building a, a platform to launch freedom from. I mean, we're take we're going back far enough that we're taking back what's ours. Yeah, we're using it. We're gonna get the technology that I'm sure they already have. Bell Labs, they know what's up. Yeah. they're not gonna give it to us though, Dan. So we got to get it ourselves. And yeah, we got to start in square one. But man, how far are we? Square two and a half. I mean, we've been fucked so hard every which way that all this stuff is used against us more than it advances. Like adds production to our day, but it takes so much away. So imagine when we have a system that that is just Imagine neutral. Imagine neutral yeah. and how, how much less muck you'll be stuck in. Yeah. Imagine never having to worry about, well, okay, if nobody's reading my books, it's one of two things. I'm either censored or I'm a bad writer. Well, maybe when, when everybody has equal access to the same playing field, you know. You'll know what's up. You're not getting out because, well, who knows. The opportunity will be the same for everybody. And, you know, can, nope. I, can I... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nobody will be... Yeah. There's no way everybody will – there's no way to not have an equal access. Well, and here's another thing I would say too. You know, People would say, well, Dan, this sounds cool, but you're right. It is a low bandwidth. But you got to think about the whole ecosystem. Part of this ecosystem at first is going to involve the sneaker net and this whole – Yeah, the, the, drone, the this, Drone Express. Well, Drone Express, but also a sneaker net 
where you, where you carry a, a RAM drive or USB drive and you go to that electronic farmer's market. So it's not just going to be components people are going to be selling. Yeah. They're going to be selling data. Hey, here's my podcast. You know, I want whatever, a silver coin or something. That is going to happen. That, that is probably something that will, will happen. And our technology will be able to notify people, hey, this, this writer is going to be at this electronic... That's the Craigslist aspect. Yeah, of it's the Craigslist yeah. aspect of it. So I know we're beating a dead horse here going deep into the muck, but dude, I gotta say, this is pretty exciting. So for all you guys out there, this has been a very long podcast, but there's been a reason for it. It's an infomercial. It's an infomercial on, on a dream, on a dream I think is possible. For all you out there, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the... The dreaming, the imagineering, the thinking about possibilities, and above all else, I hope you can embrace the possibility that we can have control of our destiny. Journey to freedom together. Yeah. I mean, and we're we're just doing our part. Like, if 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 there is anything you can contribute to, not not in a monetary sense, we've covered that. We need the yeah. money. But if you have something. That, that you know is the right direction and you know we've been going the wrong direction for a long time, now's the time. Now's the time. Let's fix the bullshit. Let's, let's right the ship. And, I mean, if you're, and if you're asking yourself, is this going to be open source, the answer is once the code is done in a couple weeks and cleaned up a bit, it's going to be on every RAD terminal, PHP, Python. All the code will be accessible. It's going to be completely open source. And we're going to include manuals, PDF manuals from MySQL, PHP, other tools on the library part of the drive when we set up your RAD terminal. You can build this. Yeah. You can build this is also a pretty cool statement for because you can. We, we can build it and you can build it. That's we're not what, special, Ben. No. We're not special. We're just willing to try. Yep. You guys have a good one. See you guys.